Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement that you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Jones on first down. Wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in on the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RNJ. I am Steve Risser along here with Justin Anafrio. And Week 15 is here, and this is a huge Week 15 around the National Football League. A lot of huge games, a lot of huge games with playoff implications. But we got to start with the, with the big one on Thursday night, and that's between the Chiefs and the Chargers. I mean, a huge game between these two teams. Obviously, it's a rematch from Week 3 when the, Chief, when the Chargers beat the Chiefs 30-24. to 24. And at that point, we all thought the Chargers might be the best team in the AFC West, but the Chiefs have been playing great. They've won six in a row. Chargers are playing playing really well, too, as we saw last week. They blew out the Giants. And this should be, you know, I think this is going to be a really, really close competitive game between these two teams. Two of, I mean, two, two quarterbacks that could be two of the top quarter, quarterbacks in football for years to come. Obviously, we got a comment from Hector. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Steve, so close to an undefeated week in, 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 in straight picks. I was. I was. I went 13-1 and one last week. It was so close. Those, those Cardinals, those Car- Cliff Kingsbury, of course. Could not get it done. Cliff Kingsbury was a guy who Cliff. couldn't get it done. Can't, can't I think he's had a great year. I think he's had a great year this year. But yeah, that was that was that was a that was, that was a tough one. That was a tough one to, let, to, to lose that last game. It would have been undefeated. But I think going back to this game, this is going to be a great game between these two teams. It's going to be a really really close competitive game between these two teams. I think I don't think there'll be a lot of turnovers like the first game. The first game, the Chargers won. But the Chiefs turned the ball over four times. Uh, they, they did turn the ball in the first half. They turned the ball over on three consecutive possessions. So this should be a close, competitive game between these two teams. I think it's going to be up and down the field. But I do think Edward Solaire is a good day on the ground because I think the Chargers, you know how they're going to play. 
there will not be a safety close to that box. There will be six guys. There will be six guys in the box that entire game. So the Chiefs are going to take what they give them, and they've done a better job over the last couple of weeks taking what the defense has given them with the crossing routes. They've been able to run the ball a little bit better. So I think they run the ball pretty well. I think they score a lot of points. I think the Chargers put up a lot of points too. But I think it comes down to the ball in Justin Herbert's hands, and I think he throws a late game interception. That's why I got the Chiefs taking control of the AFC West, beating the Chargers 34 to 27. But Justin. Can Herbert win a shootout against Mahomes and help the Chargers pull off a sweep of the Chiefs? There's a chance he could do it twice in a row. You know, Chris Jones, since moving over, you know, him and Melvin Ingram have been great, but there's a chance they may not have Chris Jones. Um, he's on the COVID list. I know. Oh, I don't but, think they're going to have Chris Jones. I think I, they're I, not. I don't think they're going to have. I don't think they're going to have him. He's on the list. Yeah, I mean, then he's going to yeah. come back for Thursday night, so I don't think they're going to have him. Okay. Yeah. So I, because I don't. If there's if it's like the NBA where it's like you just kind of if you get a couple of negative tests then you know I don't know what his vac- vaccination status is um you know and I know like Charlie may not have Rashad Slater one of their you know he's been great uh, the rookie pick out of Northwestern they may not hit I he, well actually they probably won't because he's on the COVID list as well I believe so that that may hurt up front because Melvin Ingram has been like, such a great pickup he, they've been getting out to the quarterback you know they forced eight turnover the last couple of weeks of Chiefs so. I can see him forcing a couple more this 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 coming week, but um, the Chiefs have been great, and I, I think I changed my pick from the Chiefs to the Patriots. I, I you know the the way that defense is playing, they're getting after the quarterback, um, they're getting a lot of pressure on you, and you know Derek Carr really have any time last week. They had five turnovers, so I think you know Herbert's going to be able to move the ball up and down. I just don't think enough. I don't think you know Mahomes, you know, going to throw like three, four interceptions again like he did in week two. I can't see that happening. Yeah, but it should be a good chess match. The Chiefs, the Chiefs in the last, you know, four out of their five games have allowed less than ten points, and the Chargers in the last three game, th- last three out of their four games have scored at least thirty-seven points. So it's only got to give here. But I think the Chiefs um, come out on the road and get the, get the close one. And it's you know, and the Chargers don't have any home field advantage this game either. It's going to be mostly Chiefs fans, so that really won't even help the Chargers as well. So uh, I got to go Chiefs twenty-seven twenty-one. And uh, what's up, Sander? Xander's ready to go. We'll be talking about that Cowboy Giant game coming up. So Xander is ready to go. He's he's, he's listening. He's listening in. But yeah, you said it with the Chiefs though last week. They proved that they're the best team in, in the AFC. Last week they definitely did. I mean, they, their offense was clicking. Their defense was. We'll, we'll, Xander, we'll get to the Cowboys. We'll, we'll get there. But uh, yeah, their defense is their defense is clicking. Their 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 offense was great. Yeah, last week they definitely proved why they're the best team in the AFC. And then going to this game, you're right. They're they're, they're the home field. The problem with the Chargers, they don't really have a home field advantage. That, that's the issue with the Chargers. Is that, as you saw when they played the Cowboys and the Patriots, those were basically home games for those teams. I think this is gonna be a home. This is gonna be another, probably another home game for the Chiefs. But I just I, I think I just think these two quarterbacks are just so good where the, the, this is going to be a high scoring game. These two quarterbacks have just been playing have been playing so well this season. I, I don't know. I know it's not one of Mahomes' best season, but still, I mean, anybody would love to have Mahomes' numbers. Yeah, this is for Mahomes. It's kind of a down year, but everybody would love to have Mahomes' numbers. But these two quarterbacks have been playing outstanding. That's why I think it's going to be a great game tomorrow night. Really, I think I really think it's going to be a back and forth. It's going to be one of the best games of the year tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely should. And the last time they played, what was it, two, three years ago, that Thursday night when it went down the wire, right? Like 34, 31, something like that. Um, yeah, so like I expect another close game. I expect it to be high, you know, especially, you know, if they don't have Chris Jones, you know, um, out there for the Chiefs, I, I expect Herbert to probably be able to throw the ball and, and get something going. So, yeah, and Mahomes the last few weeks has looked a lot better. He looks more like an actual, like, NFL quarterback. Like, he looks like he's more sitting in the pocket, taking, you know, um, you know, not running as much, and I, I think it really has helped them, you know, the last few weeks in this offense really get going. So, yeah, it should be a high-scoring one. You know, we know the Chiefs – I mean, the Chargers' defense isn't great, so they should put up 
you know, Chiefs would be able to move up, move up down the field. Yeah, you know, that, that throw that Herbert made late in that second quarter last oh, night. 65 man, yards under pressure. That was unbelievable. <laughs> under pressure. He threw it. He hit he were 65 yards in the air. In the air. Unbelievable throw right there. Yeah. Unbelievable. That was incredible. Yeah. So we know the arm talent he's got. So yeah, yeah this should, should be a fun one. A lot of points. And, uh, you know, um, it, it, it should, should be a fun one to watch Herbert, one of the best young quarterbacks, and Mahomes as, as well. You know, been a star yeah. for the league last few years. And you saw Janner's kind of Mahomes' worst year is definitely some quarterbacks' best years. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Some quarterback, as I said, some quarterbacks would love to have Mahomes' numbers this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and and as Xander said too, we can agree Kansas City is slightly slightly better than we. Uh, I know. I love how you and I and Steve can agree that Casey is slightly better. A better team in the AFC. Yeah, they are. They they proved last week that they are probably they, they are the best team in the AFC. I just think the difference between them and New England. I think New England's a little bit better defensively. They definitely do their, their coaching is a little bit better. But I think that the quarterback obviously on Kansas City is better. They're just more explosive. Kansas City is just a more explosive team on offense. That's just why the Kansas City Chiefs. We said it last week. If the Chiefs could become this explosive on offense, they're going to be the best team in the, in the in the AFC. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah, because they're often they just have so many weapons. It's just it's just so hard to stop. You can't really guard Tyreek Hill one on one. You, know, you got to double them, and then that opens up things for other guys. You know, because it's really been the last few weeks. Like the the problem for the Chiefs is it's just been drop passes. Last week they didn't have a ton of them at all. It's been drop passes. It's just like if they can correct that, you know, because it's been mostly Kelsey and Hill, and those two are great. So if those two could, you know, kind of get it going there with the you know, drop passes and yeah, like this offense is so explosive and they can just score so quickly. And, you know, it just, it's tough to stop them for 60 minutes. It really is it's hard to slow them down and it makes them such a threat. And yeah, it's just the Patriots, they're starting to get it going offensively, but like, yeah, they don't have that big play threat. Bourne's done it a few times, but it's, you know, Aguilar really hasn't done it. And I think that's somebody they wanted to kind of be a big play guy because he can be, he really hasn't. They can do it with the running game, but, you know, it, it, again, it's, you know, the Chiefs' run game has, has been better against the run. So, yeah, I, I, the Chiefs right now, the way their defense playing, I just, you know, I don't know how many points the Patriots could put up right now against the Chiefs' defense who's playing really, really well. Absolutely. And I saw Xander's comment. And Madden 21 New York, Mahomes can throw the 80 yard can throw 80 yards from a clean pocket to the one-yard line. Cannon. Yeah, there's three players that can make the throw that Herbert made last week. Uh, Mahomes. Rogers, Rogers, and Herbert. Those are the three quarterbacks that can make that throw. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's impressive, and it shows the arm talent that all three of those guys have. And obviously, Herbert going to be a young superstar quarterback in this game. Obviously, we know what Mahomes and Rogers have already brought to the NFL, and they've been stars for the last few years. They've kind of already settled themselves in that role. So, yeah, those three they've they've all been impressive throughout their career. And Justin Herbert's going to be another one that's going to be right up there with them with with that arm talent because. You know, there's a reason why only three guys could throw throw that distance that that uh, Herbert did on Sunday. If Herbert's decision making gets better, because his decision making has hurt him a little bit times, a little, a little bit against the Cowboys, it hurt him against the Patriots, it hurt him, it hurt him against the Broncos. If he can cut down on the decision making and play better against the better defense in the league, he'll be on that top tier. Yeah, absolutely. It's been under pressure. The Patriots got to him a couple of times, and it's just he kind of just rushes it. So yeah, absolutely. If he can, yeah, be a little bit better under pressure. Um, and make those better decisions of kind of knowing when to get rid of the football, kind of having that, you know, like that that eye in the back of your head like Brady always has. Of, you got to get rid of the football now, feeling out the, the pressure and all that. Yeah, just kind of knowing all that. That's kind of like the next step for Justin Herbert to become 
you know, taking that next step and taking the charge of that next, next step of kind of trying to get back to that AC championship game where, you know, Philip Rivers took them a few times. They were never able to get that hump, get over to that hump to the Super Bowl. And, yeah, that's the next thing that Herbert needs to take that jump in his career and get the Chargers, you know, you know, Super Bowl. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So let's move on to the Patriots. they got a big game on Saturday night as they head to Indianapolis to face the Colts. And the Colts, these are two of the hottest teams in football. The Patriots have won six straight. The Colts have won four of their last five. I, I think this is going to be a really, really close competitive game. I think, you know, both these teams, I mean, the Colts need it more, but I think both these teams is going to be a really competitive game. I think, I think the Patriots are going to try to – that's going to be – they're going to try to contain Jonathan Taylor. I think they don't think they will completely shut them down. I think they'll contain him. But I do think the difference in this game is I think the Colts – I think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be the difference in this game. I think he has a big game in this game. And I think I think that I think that the, I think that the Colts do force a turnover for Mac Jones too. I think they contain the run game. I agree with you. I agree with you, Xander, there. I think Indy's got a really good chance to pull the up. And they're not the upset because they are a two-point – they are a point – they are a favorite in this game. If you look at the line, I think they're like – I'm not – I think they're a point and a half. Two, two and a half. Two, oh, wow, two, two or two and a half. half. I, think, I, think they're, I think they're. I thought I saw they were a two point favorite, but Damian Harris being banged up, I think that could hurt the Patriots because I don't. I think the Colts with DeForest Buckner and with Darius Leonard are going to be able to uh, contain that running game of the Patriots, force Mac Jones to make a mistake, maybe throw an interception, and then on offense, I think I think the Patriots might force Wentz to make a mistake, but I think Wentz will make more plays than Mac Jones. I think this is a close competitive game. I'm going to go to the well again. I did pick the Patriots against the Browns. I, I, I got that one wrong. I did pick the Patriots against the Titans. I got that one wrong. I picked the Patriots against the Bills. I got that one wrong. So I'm, But I'm still picking against them. I still don't have complete trust in this Patriots team. I, I think they're a Super Bowl contender, but I still just don't trust them. I still don't have a, a, lot of, a ton of trust in this Patriots team with a rookie quarterback. So I am going to take the Colts. I'm going to take the Colts 24-20 to beat the Patriots. But, Justin, can the Pats D and Mac Jones stay hot for them to win their eighth in a row? I think they do. I get the pass twenty three to twenty. I, you know, obviously both teams coming off a late bye here. Um, I, I think Mac Jones in this game. I think takes care of the football. You know, I think they get continue to get Hunter Hunter Henry involved. Um, they don't trust Mac either. I know rookie quarterbacks. I know he doesn't have the big arm like everybody talks. Like I know, like we talk about Herbert. He doesn't have that strong arm. He doesn't really have like he doesn't really have like all the tool, like the physical tools of people to like, you, you think would stand in this league, but he's made the right throws. I know there's been times, there's been a couple of decisions. I know in that, you know, um, two weeks ago, I know like the Titans probably could have picked off a couple of his balls, but you know, they deflected on, they think somebody, one of them dropped one of them. Like, you know, they haven't, you know, he, he's made some bad throws at times, but for the most part, he's been a really good manager and he's done what he's had to do. Um, you know, kind of, even though he's played well enough to not not cost him game, I just feel like he's not at the level yet to carry a team. And, and, and I can see that. And, and when you're talking about the – and that's when you compare the Patriots to Kansas City, when he if you're, he's down 40, he's got to keep up with Patrick Mahomes in a shootout. It's going to be very, very difficult for the Patriots to win that game because and Xander's right. At this stage in his career, he can't carry your team. He can manage the game. He won't make mistakes. He can't carry your team. That's the thing. Yeah. And absolutely. You're absolutely right. And then that kind of – goes on with the offensive talent too that they have. They don't have that offensive talent around them that, you know, if he does overthrow a ball, like they don't have a guy that can go up and really get it for him. Like, you know, he's got to kind of be pinpoint with all, with everything. Cause they don't really have the guys that could help him out if he makes a mistake. 
And, you know, like, you know, I think maybe it'd be a different story if he had guys, if he had like Tampa Bay's kind of weapons or Kansas City, you know, maybe, you know, we think we look at it a different way. If he's got kind of those top level guys and he doesn't really have it yet, you, know, you hope at some point, you know, Damon Harris looks like he's going to be a really nice running back. You know, Ronde Stevenson's look good, but like they're running backs. They're not really Camara types. They're not like this Christian McCaffrey type running backs. Like if they can get an elite wide receiver form, or Camara type, you know, Caffrey kind of they can do it both ways out of the backfield, catching, receiving. Then you know maybe you know we I I definitely feel a lot better about Mac Jones. Of okay, um, then Sanders, I right, right. I told you guys before they don't have the personnel to get in shootouts. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Sanders completely right. That's why he, I think he's right, definitely right right now with the Chiefs being the best team in the AFC. Because as as he said, as he said on this, as Sanders commented on the show before the Patriots don't have the personnel to get into shootouts. And, yeah. and, and uh, that's why I still think it's good. I think they have a chance to beat Kansas city, but it's going to be very, very difficult to beat Kansas city. Yes. They beat him three years ago, but we know who their quarterback was three years ago though. Yeah. This, is, this is a different animal. Mac Jones, right. Even at this stage of his career, Mac Jones and Tom Brady from three years ago, it's a different animal, but the positive for the, for the, for the, for the Patriots is the chiefs offensively aren't as good. They don't run the ball as well. Mahomes hasn't had as great of a year, so that might give the Patriots a chance there. Their defense could control the game because I don't think the, the Kansas City's offense from 2018 is as good as Kansas City. I think Kansas City's offense from 2018 is better than Kansas City's offense in 2021. So it, 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 I think the Chiefs are clearly better for the reasons that Xander has said and the reasons I have said and the reasons that Justin have said. Just it's the, it's, the, uh, it's the personnel they have in the passing game where the Patriots just can't get into shootouts. And, that, that, and that's why I definitely think Kansas City's the better team. Yeah, absolutely. They are at the moment, you know. Again, it helps to the New England does control their own destiny, and they could host at home too. Which again, I, I've heard Gillette too this year, like has been a better atmosphere than before because everybody knew they had Brady, and they kind of felt like Brady was somehow win us a game. And now the fans actually feel like we will be part of the result now. So like, I've heard it's like been a better atmosphere as well at Foxborough. So like I, again, that helps too being at home that he do, we wouldn't have to go to Arrowhead to play Nate, you know. Again, that's – I know he's played in, you know, because he didn't really start – because last year his only really, you know, starts were empty stadiums. Like, you know, he didn't really get to go play at Texas A&M or, or Alabama or Auburn, like your Georgia. Like, he didn't play in any really big stadium or, you know, yeah, yeah last year, yeah, last – you know, he, he didn't get that chance with COVID last year. So, like, that's kind of one thing I just thought of. Maybe, you know, kind of rattles him. But, you know, being a rookie, yeah, it would – be huge too if they could get that home game. But yeah, personnel wise, they just they don't they don't they they don't they don't match up well right now with Kansas City offensively. You know, you hope they find some offensive talent for agency. I don't think it's really coming out of the draft. You know, now where they pick, you know, they that's kind of been the one position where Bill Check's kind of struggled the last few years. Oh, it's Harris, Harris is pick. that position, yeah, yeah, they, you know, with Harry. But um, yeah, we'll see. You know, yeah, like I think right now he did start. Oh, yeah. yeah, he just started in 2019. Oh, yeah, he, he did. Lost. Yeah, they were in Auburn. He lost, he lost, he lost that game. Yeah, he, he played lost. well, but he lost that game. He did. Yeah. I forgot. That was Auburn. That was at Auburn. I thought it was at Alabama for some reason. But, yeah, that was at Auburn. So, that's, like, the one game that he played really with a crowd, like a really, loud, you know, big-time crowd. But, um, yeah, I, I think right now Kansas City is just a little bit better. I, you know, I think their defense, the way they force turnovers – um, the way, you know, Melvin, I didn't think, I remember we kind of talked about Melvin Ingram, kind of that, um, acquisition from Pittsburgh. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a 
of an upgrade. Like I thought it was a nice piece of hat, but like him and Chris Jones since then have just they they become game wreckers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But going back to this Patriots uh, Colts game, I think the biggest thing Belichick's going to try to do is obviously contain Jonathan Taylor. If they hold Jonathan Taylor to under 100 yards, they got a really, really good chance to win the game. I just feel like Jonathan Taylor's just been so good this year that he's going to not have you know, a humongous game, but he could get like 105 rushing yards. I, I just still think Jonathan Taylor's just been so good this year that he's going to have he's going to have a good game. I, I just even if Belichick game plans this time, I still think he's going to have a good game. I think it's very possible. I think for the Colts, like, I think Taylor because. Up the middle, the Patriots have been great. Like, Davion, um, got track. He's been a great acquisition this year. Yeah, gotcha. Up the middle, he's been great. You know, like, obviously, then they got Hightower and Bentley up the middle, linebacker. Like, I, I feel like if they could, um, you know, Lord's guy, obviously, he's a veteran guy. He's still playing well. Like, if up the middle, I feel like the Patriots would be able to stop him. Like, if T- Jonathan Taylor can get outside the tackles and get out, you know, I, I think that's where the Colts could either – if you know, success running the football. But, yeah, if they if they can run up the middle against the Patriots, then I, I will be very worried in this game. They cannot stop that. Um, but I'm with you. I think, yeah, Bill's going to shut down that as much as possible and try to make Carson Wentz beat him through the air. And I it's and I think, yeah, the, the Colts are going to do the same thing with the Patriots. I know Harris, it's a hamstring injury, so it's you never know with those of how long those could take. You know, Stevenson's been playing well, you know, you know after that they kind of you – know, First couple of those fumbles he had, he's kind of gotten rid of that. So he's going to have to make some plays. Like, they're going to need Myers to step up, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, you know, hopefully at some point. Bourne, Bourne's been playing better. And then and then the one thing that worries me, too, in this game is, I don't know if you noticed, but every time they kill Harry's on the field, it means they're running the football or they're throwing a screen. They don't put him out there if they're passing the football. Then they shouldn't put him out there at all. If they're, if he, if he, they're gonna, if teams are gonna know what they're gonna do when he's out there, they should just shouldn't put him out there at all. I mean, the Buffalo game was different because that's yeah. just when in the, under those circumstances, you knew the Patriots were gonna run the foot. Everybody knew the Patriots were gonna run the football, and Buffalo couldn't stop it. But if they know what they're gonna, if teams know what they're gonna do, then Harry should just not be out there. I agree with you. I again, it really hasn't costed him yet. I think at some point it will against a very good coaching staff that kind of figures it out, but. I don't know why teams really haven't figured it out because it's like you can you can kind of call it out. If you see Harry out there, you know it's a run. Or even sometimes they do throw a screen at, you know, they, they, they'll they throw they'll have him out there for a halfback screen, but that's, you know, that's really about it. You know, he's not running any routes or anything. It's like once in a blue moon he'll throw him out there, but Mac really doesn't look his way. So it's that's kind of a give up with him out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't great. draft him in the first round to be a blocker. No. They drafted him in the well, first round to be a game-changing receiver, and he's been far from that. So they did not draft no. to kill here to be a blocker. They drafted him to be a game-changing no. receiver. Yeah, they did, and that has not worked out. They wanted for blocking, they would have threw him at tight end, and he's exactly. not the body size. He's a great blocker, but for against cornerbacks, I he's not. He would not do well as a tight end. So, no, yeah, no. unfortunately, that's the mess. No, but so it should be an interesting game. I mean, it's two teams. It's Colts really need this game to stay in the playoff race. Patriots want to keep winning to get try to get that. Who would have thought to try to get that number one seed in the AFC? So it should be a really, really interesting game on Saturday night. But we got to get to the matchup in the NFC East between the Giants and the Cowboys. And uh, in this game, the Giants, who knows who they're going to start at quarterback? I've heard rumors are going to start Jacob Fromm. We know one thing: they're not going to start Daniel Jones at quarterback. The Cowboys. They they won last week, but Dak they're off. Dak Prescott really struggled through through two bad interceptions. The the one 
and the fourth quarter was absolutely terrible. They got Washington back in the football game. But the positive for the Cowboys is their defense has played really well over the past couple of weeks, especially Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons right now should easily be the defensive – should clearly be the defensive rookie of the year. And then he's, he's in the running for defensive player of the year. I mean, he's been just outstanding. He's turned that defense around. That's why this defense is close to a top-10 unit. Who would have thought? The Dallas defense would be carrying this team and not the offense, but that's been the story uh, over, over, the last, over the last month of the season. I mean, the, I mean, the Cowboy defense is starting to play really well. I mean, they're starting. They got Lawrence back. Gregory's been playing well. Parsons has been outstanding. Their front seven has been really, really good. And in this game, I think that I think this game might be close for a half, just because the Giants this is a rivalry game. The Giants defense, I think comes out fired up. They play play well. They'll probably get Leonard Williams back this week. I think the Giants defense plays well in the first half. But in the second half, I think the Cowboys, Dak makes an up play. The Giants force a turnover from Glennon or Fromm. And I think the Cowboys get to 10-4, and four, get closer to winning that NFC East. Last year, they basically pretty much clinched the NFCs, beating Washington last week. But they get closer to, to, win, to, to making it official, winning that NFC East, getting to 10-4, and four, winning this game. I got the Cowboys beating the Giants 24-13 this Sunday. But, Justin... Can the Giants D carry them to an upset win like they did against the Eagles a couple weeks ago? I don't see it happening. I got the Cowboys showing eight to fourteen go on the road. The Giant defense I thought last week, um, Eli ain't walking through that door. We good tank back, Gregory back. Yeah, we got we got tank back, Gregory back last week and Parsons being a game breaker. Like I said, I didn't ask for a top five defense. As long as we're top see we can make a run at the chip. The issue, the issue there. You're right about Eli not walking through that door. You're 100 percent right about that. You're, you're happy about Eli walking. You're 100 percent right. Eli's not walking through that door. And yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys top to 15. They've been in, they've been in that range. Obviously, Diggs has been a little little overrated, but he's still good. Parsons has been outstanding. And then you got obviously Tank and Gregory back. The why I think the Cowboys why and I've said this outside why I'd have them five out of five. Outside of the top five teams in the NFC is because Dak has really struggled over the last since the injury. Dak has struggled, and Mike McCarthy. I'm sorry, has I mean, why is Dak throwing the ball up by two scores there? So I, the coaching yeah. staff, I still don't trust. And Dak Prescott has not is, is slumping right now. He's slumping, and if they want to, if they want to beat it, they want to beat a Rams or Cardinals in the. We want to beat the Rams or Cardinals in the first round. They want to beat you know the the the, the Buccaneers in the divisional round. They got to get much better play from Dak Prescott. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder, and I know they're pretty close to clinching right now. And I know you are still going on a road because he doesn't look healthy. He, he, you know, like, do you try to sit him? I know you have a game on the road. I, I, I agree. You you want a game on the road with Kellen Moore. If he's not, you need him healthy. If Dak Prescott is not healthy, there is no way the Cowboys are are winning the Super Bowl. No chance if Dak Prescott isn't healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. That's why. And I know they they could get close to clinching and it's like maybe they get to a spot in the last few weeks where they can't really move up or down. They're kind of locked in no seed. Maybe then you start Cooper Rush for a week, maybe even two, depending on what kind of scenarios are at. But yeah, I would. I, he just doesn't look healthy. And I don't, you know, the, the coaching too. Yeah, up two scores and you're you're destroying Washington on the, on the ground. Like why even? I, I don't get it. I don't get when coaches do it. Like even... Who did it last? Somewhere, another team did that last week up two scores. It's like, what are you doing? The Vikings. The Vikings. <laughs> just... that, was, that was ridiculous. That, that should have never been a game. That just shows you why our cousin should even be close to an MVP candidate. He kept Pittsburgh in that game single-handedly. Him and the, the play calling. Yeah. Devin yeah. Cook was running for 10 yards every time. I know. I know. It was terrible. Yeah, that play calling yeah, was terrible yeah. in that game. 
Yeah, so coaching-wise, I, I, I can't see McCarthy leading the scene of uh, championship. But, yeah, they, you know, he's right. They're 10-15, you know, their, their defense is right around that range. And that's really – and that's what we kind of said before the season. You know, like if Cowboys defense could be somewhat decent, just get a little bit better, then this team could make a run. But, oh, absolutely. And, and know, if their offense was playing really well right now, yeah. we probably would have the Cowboys as a Super Bowl contender. But the problem is, is, is Dak Prescott has just struggled, and I just don't trust this coaching staff at all. And it, and it's yeah. and it started from you know not being ready to play the the issues in the beginning of the year. You know the poor clock management, which they got bailed out within the Charger game. Then you know not having the team prepared to play the Broncos, they were unprepared to play that Denver game. Oh, then yeah. the the Raider the Raider game with twenty eight penalties that is absolutely ridiculous. So. Yeah, I just did the, the coaching and, you know, the quarterback struggling. That's right, right now. I would have the Cowboys five out of five. But if, if you look at, like we said all year, if you look at the Cardinals, the Rams, the Packers, and the Bucks, I'd have them five out of five. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm like, you know, even with the Rams showed some light, the Rams showed, you know, they can go out there and beat somebody. They missed some guys. Arizona still, I put ahead of them. Obviously, Tampa Bay and Green Bay are so better than the Cowboys. So, yeah, unfortunately, I still had to put them five out of five, but. I could still see them making a run. I, you know, if that can, you know, whatever's going on with Dak, if you can figure that out, I don't think Mike McCarthy is going to turn into a, any, you know, a genius coach in the next few weeks. So I, I can't think, you know, he's going to coach anybody. But like, if they match up with Arizona, like I, you know, I know they play in a few weeks. That's a horrible court coaching matchup. Like I could see Cliff absolutely throwing that game away somehow. Maybe they steal that game somehow. Arizona's a one seed. I don't know. Um, like, yeah, I can't trust McCarthy. If Dak was healthy, yeah, and he was playing better, he did beat the Patriots. You know, yeah, I, the, the Patriots were. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's the thing is that at the time they beat the Patriots. I know it's a good win. It's a good win in yeah, Fox. It was. But the Patriots, well, was, they were two and four at that point. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah, just saying. But, and, and Xander says, you break my heart. So you really did. Well, dude, I'm just giving the, I'm just, I'm just giving the reality of the situation. Like I've said all year. Dallas is a 12-11 win team that'll probably win their division, maybe win a playoff game, but that's it. That's it. That's a wrap for me. And if Dak and if Dak continues to play the way he's been playing, I, I'm going to be right about that. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Because four seed, you're probably getting, um, yeah, with Cliff, that'd be his first playoff game. That, that would, that, yeah. That first playoff game, they got to play the Rams or the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, they I did. Oh, yeah, they I wouldn't be, if they play one of those two teams, they probably will. I wouldn't be surprised if they win because, you know, yeah, the lack of experience of Cliff Kingsbury, and we all know Matthew Stafford is 0-3 in the postseason, so I wouldn't be surprised if they win. I just can't see this team going into Tampa or going into Green Bay and winning a playoff game. Green Bay has three losses, but a big reason why Green Bay has – the Green Bay's had a bunch of injuries. They've had their best corner, their best – their left tackle, and their best pass rushers. So they've had injuries – at all the three key positions, and uh, one of their losses was when Aaron Rodgers was out, so I think they're clearly a better team. And Tampa Bay, come on, you're facing Tom Brady in the postseason. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much a wrap. So, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just I think Dallas, they could win. As I said, they could win a playoff game, but I just don't, I think the ceiling is the divisional round. And I just, I just think that's their ceiling this year. And we've got Hector. I can't see Dallas competing with Green Bay or Tampa Bay. Uh, or I can't see Dallas competing with Green Bay or Tampa Bay defense deep in the playoffs. And and, and, and and I agree. I agree. I think Green Bay and Tampa are clearly better teams than the Dallas Cowboys right now. And then Packers, Packers and Bucks offense are, are explosive for Dallas. Yeah, it's just going to be the way Dallas is playing, the way Dak is playing, it's going to be hard for Dallas to keep up with the Packers. It's going to be hard to keep for them to keep up with the Buccaneers. With the what Prescott's got, they got to do something with Dak Prescott. Either sit him a week or, or Dak's got to step it up. 
Yeah, absolutely. If he's not healthy, yeah, sit out. If he is, then yeah, he's got to start playing better. Um, because yeah, he's horrible. A couple of bad mistakes. I know, you know, they ran the ball over Washington to help them. I think, you know, they should be able to probably do that this week against against the Giants too. Like the Chargers really had a you know, I think they averaged five yards to carry last week against them. But yeah, it, you know, like even to it would be McCarthy first time facing Rodgers, right? They haven't faced yet. Like, there's no, no way Rodgers is losing Mike McCarthy. There's no oh, way. No way. That's going to be. No way. He's losing so, that game to Mike McCarthy. No way. No, that's – he's going to want to run it up, too, if he's got the chance. So, yeah, I can't see them being Green Bay. Tampa – yeah, Brady's not losing because they beat in Tampa Bay. Brady's not losing at home in the, in the playoffs. So, no. yeah, I, I – I, you know – I can see him, yeah, winning, getting, you know, getting into the divisional round. I just don't – I can't see them getting a pass that right now. I, you know, no. they're getting better, and I think it's good for the future right now for Dallas. They had another piece defensively. You bring in a new coach. I don't think that's happening, though. But, like, and then, you, you know, something can get going. But, yeah, I just I, – I still see the same – this team, I can't see it going past the divisional round right now. No, no, no. Not, not at all. Not at all. You forget. Listen, Super Bowl winning head coach. The coach won one Super Bowl with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Super Bowl winning head coach. Come on, he won. He won one Super Bowl. He was one of his Super Bowl appearance with having one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the sport. Okay, come on now. Stop it with that. He says we have the talent to make a run. You have the talent. I'll give you that. You have the talent, but it's not like your roster is 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 that much better than is 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 is, is and your roster is is as good or worse than in Arizona. Your roster is as good or worse than Green Bay when healthy. Your roster is definitely worse than Tampa Bay. And your roster is probably wor- as, as good or worse than the Rams. So how many rings? Listen, 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 listen. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. I get it. LaFleur hasn't won. I get it. That Arians did has won, but I'll, yeah, I'll consider Arians being kind of – Yeah, I'll consider that one being Brady. Yeah. So, I mean, handful. Yeah. But, but, in the NFC, yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it, Xander. But listen, McCarthy won that Super Bowl because he had a great, one of the greatest coaches ever, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played the game. And he made way, way, had one Super Bowl appearance with Aaron Rodgers. Come, yeah. come on now. If Belichick was coaching Rodgers, he'd, he'd at least probably have three or four rings. Yeah, no, we would. You know, they, they probably would have won all of them that Brady won. They probably, you know, they have won a couple more. Who knows? But yeah, it. He's got one. I just, yeah, I'm like the game managing. He's just, he's just not good. The play calling's not great. Like, I, I, again, I think it just really shows that what he done at Green Bay to take all the credit. So, no, what Bill's to doing. To take all the credit away because it's Brady. Listen, listen, another day, constantly another conversation for another day. But I, if you could win six times, I, you, 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 you're up there. I mean, McCarthy only got to one Super Bowl. Belichick, I know. Do I think I think Brady was more responsible than Belichick? But he, yeah, he, but he did get to nine Bill? Super Bowls. So that's that's still. I mean, I don't care who your quarterback is. He got to nine Super Bowls. That's still amazing. Yeah, and he's starting to show now that with the talent, the turnover that his team had, like you know, he he did have a bigger part than I think people. I think he made Brady Brady. Like I think he's the one responsible who made Brady Brady for somewhat. You know, I, I don't want to get off topic, but I yeah. think Brady was a little bit more responsible. But but still, yeah. I mean, he set the culture there. Where you get a guy like a Mike McCarthy, and he won one Super Bowl with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Like, like yeah, you could say the coach has a Super Bowl ring, but come on, a lot of coaches would have won one ring with Aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah, and, and what they blew McCarthy, I think on his own blew what two NFC Championship games that those onside kicks of Seattle. Wasn't there one more? Two he blew. And they see, like I think too that they were close like twice. Oh, and they, no, 14, they 14, 14 they should have easily 14 they should have easily won that game against Seattle. Definitely. Yeah, and, the onside and yeah. The special teams cost them. That could yeah. have easily been a champion. That, that team, if that team should have definitely won a championship, in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, you know, they blew that one. So he's blown a couple over the years, and that's kind of been that's kind of the problem. It's Andrew. I know this this miserable giant. Uh, listen, 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 listen. We'll get to the Giants. We'll get to the Giants. I, we'll get, we're definitely going to get to the Giants next. And, it, and and listen, I'm not afraid to bash the Giants. That's the thing. I'm just saying. I'm not saying the Cowboys. I think they're a good team. They're just, yeah. in my opinion, they're not good enough to compete for a Super Bowl with what's been going on recently. I just don't think they're they're they're, they're a good team. They're just not a. To me, I just don't have them as one of my favorites to win the Super Bowl. That that's the thing. No, no, absolutely not. If you threw in a Sean Payton as a head coach, then absolutely. But they don't have Sean Payton. So if you throw no. in somebody like that, a hard. But if you just throw in a better coach, then absolutely, I think yeah, I put them up there. But it, you know, it's coaching and it's tax play right now. Right. You know, until I again, I, as I said a few minutes ago, Mike McCarthy's not becoming a better coach in the next few weeks. So that's out of the picture. That could play better. You know, I don't know if it's health or I. I gotta imagine it's health. I I gotta imagine it's that because I'm like when he plays. You know, when he's when he's good, I'm paying one Super Bowl too. I he, I take him on McCarthy though. I know the yeah, New Orleans yeah. has had good rosters. Yeah, Payne has won Super Bowl two, but but I think he was a big he was he was a he was a big reason for Breeze's success. Yeah, he has won Super Bowl, but still, I mean, I I would say that Aaron Rodgers is clearly a better quarterback than Drew Brees. I'm sorry, he's clearly talent wise, Aaron Rodgers is clearly a better quarterback than Drew Brees. So yeah, I say Payne has won Super Bowl, but he's definitely a better coach, football coach than Mike McCarthy. No, absolutely. Yeah, I know they only have won. The Saints had good rosters pretty much every year, but yeah, you know, I, Rodgers definitely with the size, you know, with his running kind of threat with his some you know with his mobility. Yeah, I think Rogers has has been better than Drew Brees hasn't throughout his career. But you know, um oh yeah maybe Sean Payne would, would like right you know because I think Sean Payne was like a Rogers he probably wins three or four too. Like he probably wins at least three, you think? So yeah, like I think you know I know New Orleans had some talent. I know they couldn't get over the hump a lot. Uh, I just kind of okay, okay. What if Dallas goes to the Super Bowl? Then are are they going to beat a Patriot Chief team that that's that is red hat red hot? The Cowboys are in a checkmate situation. See you next year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just and again, I, I brought this up a couple times. It's just, it's just that I think they're a good team. I just don't think they're a they're a championship year. Sure. I just don't. I just what I've seen over the last over the over the last six games, I just don't think they're a championship team. Yeah, I don't need. I just don't think they're there yet. I think they have. They definitely have the talent. I just, I just can't see them being a Brady or a Rodgers. I just, you know, maybe they can knock off the Cardinals. Excuse me. Maybe they knock off the Rams. I could see something like that happening. But yeah, I can't. They the minute they face Green Bay or Tampa Bay, especially on the road, I don't see that. I just can't see it happening. I really can't. And no, 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 not at all. But we got to get to the Giants. And then this week there are reports that, you know, they're going to bring Joe Judge back. And John Mara says, oh, this is his, you know, this is, the, he's, this is his Belichick or 
or uh, Parcells, and that's that's absolutely ridiculous. The guy's ten and nineteen as a head coach. He's made horrible in-game decisions this year. He's, I mean, the team discipline discipline cost him the game against Kansas City. It cost him a game against Washington. I, I mean, the the, th- the problem is my biggest issue with keeping Joe Judge is you you want this new GM with two first-round picks. You want this new GM. To, you know, you want you want to get a, a, a one of the top candidates as a GM. The problem is, if you keep Joe Judge, then this GM can't hire his head coach. So you're not going to get a top candidate. That's why you have to get rid of Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman. You have to get rid of them both, or things are not going to change for this organization. You have to get rid of you have to get rid of both of them. It makes it makes no sense to keep to keep Joe Judge now with two for, with we have a golden opportunity with two top ten picks. We're probably going to have two top ten picks, and we're and we're going and we're going to we're going to have a general manager who's going to have to have a head coach forced on him on him. I don't I can't stand that. I can't stand that at all. That's why this 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 franchise is not changing anytime soon. This is why this franchise is going to be a joke, and it's going to continue to be a joke. For, for the next, I think for the for the next four to five years, because they ownership in 2018, they had a perfect opportunity to move on from Eli, to move on from the head coach, quarterback, and GM. They moved on from the the coach and the GM, but they kept, they ended up keeping the quarterback. Now they have a, they have a good opportunity. I don't, and they could move on from all three, but they definitely need to move on from all two. But they're, they're probably going to move on from Gettleman, but they're not going to move on from Joe Judge, and that bothers me. So, and now when we need to have a one of the when we could get one of the we could probably our our job our Job is attractive. Our GM job is attractive because we have two top ten picks. The problem is now we're keeping this head coach. No GM's going to want to work. The GM's going to want to pick a head coach. They don't want a head coach forced on them, and that's the problem with the Giants right now. They're going to have a head coach forced on them if they keep Joe Judge. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's an issue. It yeah, it definitely hand ties you of your candidate pool there, and you know, and I don't know, you know, who knows around the league who kind of likes Joe Judge for whoever kind of signs up to have some interviews here at the Giants, and then you know probably next month or so as we head towards the end here. Yeah. I just, it's going to say, it just sets you back. I'm like, as you mentioned, you got the draft picks too. And there's some talent too on this roster. And I know it, it's just injuries. It's like you have talent, but everybody's hurt. So it's like, I want to say you have the talent to like compete up there, but it's like nobody on the off, especially offense has shown that they could stay healthy. So it's like, I guess it's kind of, but it like the problem is too, it's like the giants kind of this year, this wasn't supposed to be a rebuild, and it's no, like no. It this was a year. This is the year they needed to be in the postseason. This was a year they needed to show that that, that this program was going that, that that things were going to work. This is the year they needed to be competing for a playoff spot, and they're not even close to that right now. And the, and the problem is, yes, there's talent, but again, signing Kenny Galladay, he's he had he's had issues staying healthy. We've known the issues with Saquon Barkley staying healthy. Even the franchise quarterback, he's had issues staying healthy. The one thing Eli Manning did for years was he was able to stay on the field. He was there every week. He was so dependable. Daniel Jones is not even close to as dependable as Eli Manning. Saquon Barkley hasn't been dependable. Obviously, Kenny Galladay is not dependable. Sterling Shepard's not dependable. We're signing a bunch of guys, we're drafting guys and signing guys that are undependable. And then when you have when you have a league where you only play 17 games, your best ability is available. Your best ability is availability. And the problem is that these guys are not consistently available. Absolutely, that's that's the problem. I'm like, it, 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 look, he went out and spent Gettleman, but. Yeah, none of the guys stayed healthy. Saquon's had his issues. Yeah, Jane Jones has. I'm like, look at the top quarterbacks throughout the years. Brady was always healthy. Payne Manning pretty much was healthy. I know he had like the neck injury that one year, but like other than that, he didn't miss much time. Drew Brees never really missed much time. He missed one season, I believe, right? That's but well, that's been about it. Rogers never really missed extended period of time. Like the top quarterbacks are always there, healthy, and you know. You can rely on the start 15, 16 games a week or a year. 
And yeah, it's kind of been the problem with Jones. And it it's a tough question too for the GM of do I want Jones to, you know, I know he's still got the option, but yeah, it's just you gotta, yeah, you gotta be able to find guys that have that been able to stay on the field. Yeah, you knew about Goddard's problems. Kadir's twenty for the most part of Florida has been healthy, you know, but like last year was really the first year he really kind of came on the year before he's more of like a slot kind of guy. He, but he still was out there most of the time. It's like, you know, Tony's kind of had his issues at time too. It's it's just like, yeah, the offensive line's been banged up, and it's just – that hasn't looked like it's gotten much better. I know Thomas has started to – you know, Thomas looked a little – you know, it's starting to look better, but I just – you know, like that was like the one thing too, like JoJo was supposed to come in. Wasn't it like him and Gell, you know, were supposed to really rebuild that offensive line, but it's like – they really it's haven't progressed at all. Outside of Andrew Thomas, it's been a flat-out disaster. The offensive line's been a disaster. That's was that was Gettleman's job, and in four years, he hasn't rebuilt the offensive line. No, and he, they fired what two or three offensive linemen coach too in, in the time, right? Two or three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, I think it was two. They've had two or three different O line because they fired Colombo at the middle of the year. So they've had two or three different yeah. O line coaches. Yeah, say so you know, I, at at some point, it may not be the coaches. It may be. You know, your, your scouting department, it may be on you of trying to find that talent, you know, and, and it just, I don't, just doesn't seem to work. And then I wanted to make one point on the mirror about Bill and Parcells, you know, Bill, Belichick and Parcells. The thing too, like, especially with Belichick, it was like, Bill was like a well, you know, respected defensive coordinator in the league, you know, and he was making all the game plans every week. Yeah. Jojo's, I don't think was a well respected special teams coach. And I'm not saying. <laughs> I don't think he was. No, I mean, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, he was a special teams coach. He wasn't. He probably wasn't. Make, he wasn't making any game plans. No, no, and the special teams haven't been that great. I mean, Gano has been excellent, but that's been about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I exactly. just, it just, I don't know. And it what bothered me too is he didn't even mention Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin won two Super Bowls for this yeah. franchise. And he didn't. He didn't even. He didn't even mention Tom Coughlin. That's crazy how he didn't mention Tom Coughlin. And, and, and I remember the team I grew up loving with Eli, with Tom Coughlin as a coach, with Eli Manning, with Justin Tuck, with O.C. Manure, with Brandon Jacobs, with Jason Pierre-Paul, with Ahmad Bradshaw, with Amani Toomer. Those teams I grew up loving, they're just so, so far away from that now. And it's, and it's and I think ownership's definitely the biggest reason why. And it's just it's, it's disgraceful that he doesn't even mention Tom Coughlin's name, who won him two Super Bowls. No, that's actually a great point. Yeah. I, I don't know why you don't. He's just, again, it just shows he's just trying to find that next guy. He doesn't, you know, he's just his, you know, his mindset is just like, I need to find Parcells or Belichick. But you're right. Like, Conflin did win you two Super Bowls. I'm like, the shut down that 17 0 Patriot team, like the way they did, that was impressive. You know, they, then they upset them again a couple years later in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, he won them two Super Bowls. And, what you guys were the two years you won them, you were like what 10 and 6, 9 and 7, like something like yeah, that. Like yeah. it wasn't like this was a 13 and 3 team. It was yeah. like you guys kind of went in the playoffs as the underdog yeah. and he was able to, you know, get the Super Cup of Super Bowl. So, exactly. yeah, I, I, it's crazy how he did not mention it. It just kind of just shows that he's just kind of 20 years in the past of I trying to find that next great head coach and you did have one in Confluent. Yep. That didn't end poorly either, right? Like it was more. Did that? Imp- I can't. Did that? That, end ended, that ended bad. That ended bad. They, they covered up the. They covered up the fact that he resigned, but they really fired him. If you walk okay. in him, if you walk it, if you watch Coffin his final press conference, he completely ignored John Mayer. Those are okay. I'll have to like check that out sometime. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It, but, that that, that maybe, did not end well. That so maybe that's well. why I didn't mention him then. Maybe there's exactly, that, exactly, that's exactly. Why, then. 
But the point is, the Giants right now are a bottom five franchise. They're bottom five, bottom six franchise with the Jets, with the Jaguars, with the Lions, uh, with the Texans. They're right down there. They're right down there. And the big, and I think the biggest reason is it's ownership. Ownership has been absolutely pathetic for this franchise over the last decade. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's it's crazy for two New York teams to just be this dysfunctional. Uh, you know, and you know, like the Giants have had some history, but it's like. They really never really have gone on a run where they've won like three straight like NFC East titles or like four straight. Like they never really had consistent like four or five years yeah, I where mean, they, they won had, like 11, 12 games. Yeah, I mean they, they, they had – but the, I mean the 5 to 12 run was a good run. I mean when you have a yeah. run in a salary cap league where you don't have – the worst you are is 8-8, eight and eight, that's a good run. It wasn't as good as their run from 84 to 90 when they won those two Super Bowls and they had those, you know, 12, they had that 12 and 4 year in 89. They had that, I think, you know – I think they had like a, a 10, 10 and six year in, in 88. They had, they had another uh, t- 10 win season in, in 85. That run from 05 to 012 was good. A lot of people forget the year after they beat the Patriots, they, they started off 11 and one and they were the number one seed in the NFC. So those runs with Coughlin were good. But really, ever since 2013, this has been a total, this is this, this organization has been a disgrace. They went from slumping from 13 to 15 to from set now from, from now for the last five years to being a, to being an absolute joke. Yeah. But I think since 2017, 2018, I think they're one game over. No, the Jets, they have like the worst the Jets, record. The Jets have the Jets, have, more the, the Jets have the, oh, I think the Jets and Giants have the two worst records. That's what I know. Yeah, it's like, it's like one went off. It's either or, but it's like one went off. And it's like, yeah, it's just for New York to have that. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's I, you yeah. know, and he's it's 50% sad. ownership. So where's like the other Where's his other owner? Like, dude, what, Mara runs the foot, Mara runs the football side. Tish runs more of the business side. That's why you know don't see Tish around that much. Okay, I, I would think Tish is saying, "Where, like, where's my money going though? Like, this is I'm wasting <laughs> yeah. my money on this. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I would say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm exactly. like, it's, exactly. Oh, I, I don't know. It just, yeah, I just, it just, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not good. You know, it, no. and it's, it's nine. Yeah, it's the. It's a problem. It's uh, yeah, just I don't know when they're gonna fix it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's right now. It's a bottom five franchise. And if they keep Joe Judge, this Joe Judge rumors are, are are true. It's gonna continue to be a bottom five franchise. But we got to stay in the NFC East. We got to talk about a, hu- a really a huge game in the NFC East between the Washington Football Team and the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a game. The Washington Football Team right now has a number seven seed in the NFC. The Eagles trying to get that number seven seed in the NFC. Uh, but Washington coming into this game, they're completely ravaged with injuries and COVID. They might not have Terry McLaurin. They might not have Jonathan Allen. They might not have Taylor Heineke. They might not have a lot of guys in this game. And Philly's come off a bye week. So this is a game that the Eagles have to win. This is definitely a game the Eagles have to win. They can't have a no-show like they did at the Meadowlands against the Giants a couple weeks ago, and I don't think they will. I think they're going to control this game with Jalen Hurts on the ground. I think he'll be more – I think he – Rest of that week, get the Jets. I think he's going to be healthy. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a good game through the air and on the ground. I think Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard will have, will have a pretty good game. They're going to control this game. I got the Eagles because of everyone watching us out. I got the Eagles winning it by two scores. I don't think the game will be even be close. I don't think the game, the final score will even indicate. I think the Eagles win this game pretty handedly. I got the Eagles beating the Washington football team 27-17. But, Justin, can the Washington football team, can Antonio Gibson lead the Washington football team to an upset win? He's going to have to. I'm actually changing my because of the more and more I've heard the last couple of about hours and last night. I have like the Eagles now 27 to, to uh, 13. Last week it was uh, rough, you know, for Washington. It, you know, like they're on their four string center at the moment. Like, you know, offensive lines all banged up. 
you know, Taylor Heineke literally had about a second to to get rid of the football last week, and I think it's going to be another struggle this week. If he plays or if it's, you know, um, you know Kyle, Kyle Allen, who, again, is like a third string, they're going to need Gibson to probably carry, you know, 20, 25 yard or 20, 20, 20 to 25 carry, probably even more. He's going to have to have about 150 rushing yards. Neelers are pretty decent at stopping the run. They're coming off a bye. I would I would assume that that's what they're planning against of stopping the run, stacking the box, and whoever plays quarterback to kind of beat us through the air. So I think, you know, Antonio Gibson's going to have a rough day running the football. But, you know, he's going to have to have at least 150 yards rushing. And I I don't see that happening. I think the Eagles stop him enough. And I got the Eagles as well winning by two scores in this one. All right, let's go to our best bets this week. Uh, in our best bets, I have well, I'll, I'll, the game we just talked about. I got the Eagles minus five. I just think Washington has too many guys out this week. I got the Steelers plus two against the Titans. I feel like this Titans team has struggled offensively and since, since Derrick Henry's been out and they're going to have A.J. Brown out. And they'll obviously have A.J. Brown out again. I think this Titans team has really struggled offensively. They've proven that Ryan Tannehill needs to have guys around him to be successful. He cannot be successful when his weapons are out. And I, that's why I got the Steelers covering. And I got the Bengals plus a point and a half, getting a point, point and a half against the Broncos. I feel like the Bengals come in with the better quarterback, and I think the, and the better, clearly the better quarterback and offensive weapons, and uh, and I think they have the better roster. And that's why I get the Bengals covering against the Broncos. Just in your best bets. Mine this week, I got the my Patriots at plus two. Um, of course you do. Of course. I, yeah. Well, again, I, I feel good about this game. I know Colts are favored and all that. And I know it's going to be a game of who could, you know, what quarterback can make the big throw in the big spot. And I, I'll, I, I'll, I trust Mac to win that spot. I trust our defense to make a turn, get a turnover to in this game. You know, I trust our special teams to make a play or two. Like they usually kind of, they do in a close game. I, I trust them in this game. I think they go up there, you know, to Indy, and I think they find a way to win. I think this team is feeling really confident right now. I think they, they found a groove. Again, coming off a of bye, maybe it was a bad time for, you know, could be with the way they were playing, but. They're healthy for the most part. Hopefully Harris plays. I feel good about the Patriots going on the road, finding a way to win. Then I'm going to take the Texans, which I never thought, you know, I'd take again after that Arizona game. But I'm going to take – I the Jaguars should not be giving points to anybody right now. I'll, I'll take the two of the uh, the, the less dysfunctional franchises here. I'll take Davis Mills. I think the Jaguars have pretty much quit. I think the Texans are fighting more for Cauley than the Jaguars are for Urban Meyer. I'll take the Texans to go on the road and beat Jacksonville. I have no trust in Urban Meyer, and I know we'll get to him. So, give me the Texans on the road. I think they won that one outright. And I'm actually going opposite with you. I got the Broncos. I think the Bengals, I think, have shown us that they're not the last two weeks, that they're not contenders yet. And I think this is a good spot for Teddy. I think he, he's got some success, success throwing the football. I know the Bengals are really good at stopping the run. I think, you know, both teams' offensive lines are not good. But I think Denver gets after Joe Burrow. I think he gets a lot of pressure on him. I think they force the turnover too. Um, you know, Burrow's tied right now with the most interceptions in the league. I think he throws a couple in this game. I'll take Denver at home. It's a tough place to play. I'll take Denver to find a way to win at home. It's a big spot for him to stay in that wild card contention. All right, let's go to the rest of the slate this week. And we'll start with one of the Saturday games. The Browns have been ravaged with COVID. They, I mean, Baker Mayfield and, and uh, Kevin Stefanski are now in, pro, are, are in COVID profile. A co- they're they're in COVID protocols right now with with those those two guys. They're, I think they're gonna be without Jarvis Landry and Wyatt Teller too. So they're gonna be without a lot of guys this week against the Browns. But I, I think, but I still think with Case Keenum as the starter and Nick Chubb is there, 
I still think the Browns win this game. And I think it's just because I think it's because of the Browns running game. And I don't think, as I said earlier in the year, when, when Keenum started against the Broncos, I don't think that Case Keenum is that big of a downgrade from Baker Mayfield. I think the Browns win a close competitive game over the Raiders. But Justin, can can the uh, can can Derek Carr finally get the Raiders back on the right track? It's very possible with everybody the Browns have out, but I can't trust the Raiders right now. I got the Browns as well, twenty-one to seventeen. I I don't trust them right now. Um, I think I think the Browns. I that's you. Like I don't think the Raiders have many possessions this game. Like I think Browns probably control this game on the clock. You know, with the way they can run the football, so I, I think Carr's gonna have a rough time. You know, I, I think he's gonna be under pressure a lot. I think he was sacked four or five times last week. Like I think he's gonna be under pressure a lot again this week. I think Garrett's, you know, Miles Garrett's gonna be able to get after him. Um, and I think they're gonna struggle to run the football in this game as well. And that just the deep passing, just again, they lost. You know, obviously with the rug stuff. You know, if Waller can come back this week, then maybe it looks a little bit better. But I think you know the Browns' game plan to find a way to kind of slow down Darren Waller if he does come back and play. And I don't think Derek Carr has can do enough on his own in this game. And I'll take the Browns to win this game at home still, twenty-one to seventeen. Got a big matchup in Pittsburgh this week as the Titans, the nine and four Titans, face the six 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 and one Steelers. This is a game the Steelers need to win. This is a must-win game for the Steelers. And uh, this was one of my best bets. I know TJ Watt's questionable. I might change this pick if TJ Watt plays or not, because he's the best player on, the t- on that, that team and the most important player on that team. But as of right now, if TJ Watt's playing, as I said, my best bet, I got the Steelers covered and I got the Steelers winning. I just don't like this. As I said, I don't like this Titans offense without Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is not, he cannot, he is not the season. He is not even close to the same quarterback without Derrick Henry. That's why I got the, uh, the Steelers winning this game. But Justin, can the Titans D help them get closer to clinching a playoff spot? I think they do. I get Titans on the road 24-20. I don't trust Pittsburgh right now. I thought last week they, you know, um, I don't trust them in this game to be able to score many points. Um, I have the Titans this one 24-20. I think, you know, Pittsburgh keeps it close in this game. I, you know, last week I just, they really should never been in that ball game. They, the, the, as we talked about, the, the Vikings blew it. But, um, I think, you know, the Titans get a ton of pressure on Ben Roethlisberger. And I think Titans do a really good job of stopping the run. And I think, you know, Big Ben's going to have to do the ball 40, 50 times this game because I don't think they're going to get anything going in the run game. And I think the, te- the Houston defense picks off a player, too. Like, they did, they picked off Trevor Lawrence, you know, four times last week. I think they get a, I think they can get two or three. Big Ben's done a good job of not, you know, turning the ball over this year. I think the Seals have only turned over, like, 10 or 11 times. They've been good at that. I think the Titans have forced a couple this week. Help out their offense that has really been sputtering right now. And I think they go to Pittsburgh and win this game. I just – I don't trust Pittsburgh right now, the kind of the end of what happened with their, with their Claypool, you know, the celebration on the first down. I, I, I'll take the Titans defense to make enough plays in this game to help out their offense, and I'll take Titans to go on the road and win the game. we got an interconference match with Buffalo as the Panthers are trying to can to their very slim playoff hopes as they travel up to Buffalo and face the Bills, two teams that have been really, really struggling – and Josh Allen, he's not going to be 100% in this game. So I think this game is going to be a, a defensive struggle. But the problem is the Panthers don't know who their quarterback is. Outside of the Texans, they have the worst quarterback play in the league. I mean, Matt Rule, decide who the quarterback is going to be, Cam Newton or P.J. Walker. This platoon quarterback system doesn't win in college football. This platoon quarterback system does not work in the NFL, and it's proven not to work. And that's why I got the Bills winning this game. I, got the, I know Josh Allen's banged up. They're probably going to play him banged up, which could hurt the Bills going forward. 
but I got the pan I got the Bills going to eight and six, beating the Panthers seventeen to nine. But Justin, can the Panthers D help them snap their three game losing streak? They're gonna have to. Um, Jesus comment. Sam Darn coming off IR. Does your boy coming back change your opinion at all, Steve? No, no, it does not change my opinion at all. I will own I was wrong about Sam Darnold. I was wrong about Sam Darnold. Not saying that Saquon Bark was the right yeah. pick, but the Giants were doomed either way with 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 with, 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 with whatever two guys they would have taken there. So I will admit yeah. I was wrong about Sam Darnold there. Absolutely. I thought Sam was going to do better this year. He got out to a nice start, and then, yeah, he kind of collapsed over the last few weeks. But, yeah, it just – yeah, rough year for Sam Darnold as well as, yeah, for Cam. I heard Cam does not know the two-minute drill is part of the problem. Like, I heard, too, after this, I heard Mac Jones was telling – he was showing Mac – or was showing Cam Newton some of the playbook over the summer. I heard Mac knew it more than Cam. serious? Cam yeah. was there the year before. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder Cam Newton's out of New England. Yeah. That that's what I heard after the fact. Like he that he did not know the playbook very well. So I, I think that really shows a lot right now. Uh, but anyways, going back to this game, I think Carolina, they're gonna have to get like a pick six or something because this offense cannot move the football at all. They're they're gonna have to just yeah, they're gonna they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have to put their offense in really good spots and close to field goal range because that's really the only way they're gonna do the ball. Uh Again, they maybe they do get something going against the run against Buffalo, but I got to imagine there's no way that that Buffalo is going to allow um, Carolina to come in there and just run over them like New England did. Like I, I, I just can't see that happening again to Buffalo. So even with Allen Hurt, I think you know the Bill. I think you know Carolina's going to get some pressure on them, but again, you know if you can make them scramble, test out that foot because it sounds like it's a turf toe, then maybe you know and maybe you can. Um, you know, maybe it helps. You know, they'll they'll have Gilmore on um Stephon Diggs. You gotta imagine. So if 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 Gilmore can slow down Diggs enough, make another guy beat him, maybe. But I just don't see it happening. I just don't think Carolina's offense is gonna help out them at all. And I got the Bills twenty three ten. AFC East matchup down in Miami is the playoff hopeful Dolphins host the three and ten Jets. And I know the Dolphins have a lot of their running backs out there in COVID. A lot of I think like they have three running backs in COVID protocol, but. Luckily, they're facing a team that's, that's absolutely terrible in the New York Jets. The Jets are absolutely pathetic. And uh, I think Zach Wilson throws a couple of interceptions. I think Tua manages the game, and that's all Tua has to do to win this game. I got the Dolphins winning their sixth in a row, going to 7-7, seven and seven, beating the Jets 24-10. to 10. But, Justin, can Zach Wilson bounce back and somehow pull, the, pull a huge upset, uh, somehow help the Jets pull a huge upset? I don't see it. I get the same exact score as you, 24-10 Dolphins. Um, he looked lost out there Sunday yet again. I don't think they should have played him at all this year. He, I don't know. Did, did you see the play to a screen pass? It like it, it bounced to the running back, and it wasn't really like he was that much under pressure. He, it seems like he's just he's got the yips. And I, and I sure you know, I know he had a bunch of drop passes too, but I was like reading too. Eleven of his passes last week too were off target. I just, I think it's a problem right now. I don't think he's ready, and I think the Jets should have gotten a veteran backup. I know we talked about it. They, they should have played somebody. They should have had somebody with them. They didn't end up going that route, and I think it's really costing them. I think the only bright side is he did throw an interception last week. I think that's the only bright side that you could take out of that game from Zach Wilson. Dolphins defense playing a lot better, and I, I see them getting two or three takeaways in this game, and I, I cannot see Zach Wilson playing well in this game with the way the Dolphins are playing. 
I'll tell you, yeah, I, that's why I get the Dolphins uh, winning another one. I'm going to get back to 500. A matchup between the two worst teams in football in Jacksonville is the 2-11 and Texans face the 2-11 and Jaguars. And I think the, the game is nothing to talk about. I think the Texans win it 20-17. Uh, to 17. I, think, I think the Texans win it 20-17. Uh, to 17. But the big story here is Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer needs to be fired. You don't call your assistant coaches losers. You don't go at it with a well-respected a pro. We don't go at it with Marvin Jones, a well-respected pro in the league. The NFL is not for Urban Meyer. We've been, and that's been proven. It's already proven. They, the Jaguars cannot move on with Urban Meyer. Uh, for the rest of the season. you got a really talented young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. You don't want to ruin him. This is a horrible situation. The situation would get even worse if you keep Urban Meyer as head coach. I got the Texans this week, and Urban Meyer needs to be fired. And I don't know why the Jaguars haven't fired him already. Yeah, I got Texans 2013 this game. I just wanted to just one stat. Like, in the last four games, the Jaguars scored or, or averaged nine points a game. In 2021, nine points a game. All the offense, and they haven't scored twenty points in the last, in the last seven games. This that's tells you all you need to know. Yeah, that's yeah. Pathetic. Like I, I'm with you. I, you think Urban Meyer misses Big Ten East right now? He misses Rutgers oh, and Maryland God. and oh, Indiana. Oh, oh, yeah. It, yep. I yeah. I'm like you know you're talking about Lawrence. I don't. He doesn't look like he's progressing at all. The play calling's been. How do you only give the ball to James? He did it again last. He said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna get James Robinson the ball more." You know, this week or whatever. It, it, he had the ball what six times? I think again, six or eight times. They don't run the ball. They uh, they're off of the line is atrocious. They're not getting better. And look, you know, you know, go back. You know, when Detroit won against the Vikings, or, yeah, they beat you know the Vikings. They they had like a parade in their locker room for Dan Campbell. They that's they're not fighting for Urban Meyer. Like I don't see oh, the no way. doing that. No way. So no way. No way. Yeah, it's it's a different game. Like yeah, you can scream at college kids. You know, like, again, NFL guys, you know, any pro guy, when a coach is, you know, screaming at you, they make millions more than you. They don't care. They're they're, they're going to tune you out. That's why Joey Calipari didn't work in the NBA. That's that's why Patino didn't work in the NBA. That's, that's why some of these college coaches do not work in pro sports because they're yellers and they just get tuned out. Yeah, you know, the assistant coaching is ridiculous. I don't – I don't know why in the world. And I believe every – thing of that like I, I believe that report too yeah because you know urban meyer you know you know his past better than anyone on this network yeah you know he, he's he's a problem you know he's 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 tough on you it again i i just and then the handshake with uh, mike rabel too I, they were on the same staff i forget what year like they know each other like that's not a guy he just met for the first time he knows mike Vrabel per, personally for being they they were on the same coaching staff for a couple years i believe I, I, you know, I don't know. I just say they got to fire him sooner rather than later. Cause yeah, as you mentioned, you don't want to break Trevor Lawrence because he's will be a one generational talent. And if the Jaguars break him, I it just, you hope it's not already happening. Cause the guy has lost like four games between college and high school guy hasn't lost as many games of life. So uh, yeah, you got to do it sooner rather than later. You got it. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that 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 he that he, need, that he needs to be fired. There's, there, there's no doubt in my mind that that has to happen. So we'll get to another. We'll get to the Cardinals, who are heading to Detroit to face the Lions, and this should be an easy win for the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I think the Lions. I don't know how. I don't think Dan Campbell's that good of a coach. You know, the Lions play for him. I don't think Dan Campbell's that good of a coach. I've seen some of his in-game decisions he's made this year, especially even the game they won. He went for in like fourth and one from on like twenty-five yard line. 
and, and, and didn't run a quarterback sneak. He ran a bootleg and they fumbled. It was a, it was a strip sack and a fumble. And, and they did, I, I think this should be a bounce back. A nice get right game for the Cardinals. I got them winning 31 to 10. Justin, I assume you got the Cardinals winning a blowout as well. Yeah, I got 30-14. I don't know how many guys lines can get that from COVID this week. The the Cardinals on the road this year, they're 7-0, and and they've won every game by at least double digits. I can't see that changing this week. And, yeah, the Lions have been playing hard for Dan Campbell. They had, what, like 12 guys called up from the practice squad last week. I don't think there'll be that many this week. But, yeah, I think this is a big get-right game for the Cardinals, and I think it could be a long day for Detroit's defense yet again. Uh, absolutely. 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 So we got to get to the big four o'clock game between the Packers and the Ravens uh, and the Packers right now, they're playing really well. And this is a great matchup for them. The Ravens are banged up everywhere in the run game and in the secondary, Lamar Jackson's his ankles. He's, he's, he's not hundred percent going into this game. And if I'm the Ravens, honestly, I'd probably sit Lamar Jackson, sit him a week. Unfortunately, he might have to drop to eight and six, but sit him a week and get ready for the stretch run because this is not even if Lamar Jackson plays. I just don't think this is going to be pretty. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to th- throw three or four touchdown passes. I think I think this is going to be a big, big, big win for the Green Bay Packers. I got the Packers beating the Ravens. I got them winning this game, thirty-one to twenty. I don't think it's as close as the final score. But Justin, the question is, can can Lamar, if he plays, keep up with Rodgers for the Ravens to stay on top the on top on top in the AFC North? I can't see it now. You, I know you can never doubt uh, John Harbaugh. But even with everything going on, I still don't know how he can pull this one out of his hat. I get the Packers 27-20. I think, you know, he keeps it close in this game. Yeah, depending on Jackson. Because it's like, too, he's been the most sacked in the league. I'm like, he's not going to be able to, you think, going to be Lamar, you know, scrambling-wise. You know, like, that's such a huge part of their offensive scheme is being is Lamar's ability to run the football. And I think they're going to have a rough time doing that. You know, and with all the secondary pieces that are out, I like I I, I don't know how the Ravens stop. Aaron Rodgers, like I, I just think he's gonna tear them apart through the air, and I don't, I just don't think they're even to make enough stops. And yeah, I don't think Lamar Jackson's healthy enough to stay in this game at all, or you know, to be able to keep him close, close enough to be able to kind of take a lead. Um, you know, again, I, I guess you can never doubt Harbaugh, but I just don't know how this is close. I agree with you. I'm like, Huntley wasn't horrible. He, well, the Browns kind of like stopped playing the fourth quarter there, and he kind of racked up some yards, but. I mean, you, I don't know how, but, you know, it's been a, it's a week for a sprained ankle. You, you never know. It depends how, you know, bad of a sprain it actually is. So it's unfortunate, you know, um, the tough call. But, yeah, I probably – if it's not good in the way their offensive line's been this year, I think you probably have to go Huntley because, uh, you know, you don't want anything worse. And it's like that's that's your year, you know, then that's kind of the season right there. He goes down and it turns into something worse. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's a game where, you you know, even with Harbaugh, I think it's going to be tough to win, to find a way to win this game. So, I think, yeah, I'm with you. Kind of move on, get ready for, you know, next week. We got the Bengals traveling to Denver to face the Broncos. This is going to be a really, really close competitive game between these two teams. It was our best bet. I like the Bengals because I like Joe Burrow better than uh, than uh, Teddy Bridgewater. You like the Broncos because you just feel like the Bengals – are not there. And I think a big reason why you think that way is because of their head coach. I think they have everything in place. They got the rosters pretty good. The quarterback's there. The problem is the head coach is just, I feel like he's just, he's just not that good at all. No, I think, yeah, you're bringing up a very quick, very good point. Cause they have the talent, especially offensively and the way their defense approved this year. Um, they, you know, I think they, they surprised a lot of people the way they really got out and started this, this season. And yeah, like I know part of it's been the off the line, just been horrible. Burrow, 
you know, hasn't had the time. It's, he's made some bad mistakes at times just trying to get rid of the football. Um, yeah, like what? Zach Taylor's got what, like two or three road wins? It's on through four, maybe. Like he does not have many games where he goes on, it goes, and I know Banji is not a very good coach either. That's not much of an upgrade. It's not. I, you know, I, I like, I think Teddy in this game just plays well enough. I think. You know, defensively, I think Banju kind of find, figure something out. Um, to just put a ton of pressure on Joe Burrow this week, and then playing a mile high, it's always it's always a tough place to go to go there and win. Broncos are still hanging around for a wild card, so I'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll take them. Like Burrow's been sacked eleven times the last two weeks. I think he could be sacked again like four four or five times this game. And you know, I think Denver's defense makes a play in the game. We got the Falcons uh, traveling down to uh, Santa Clara to face the uh, 49ers. It's a big game. I mean, this is pretty much the Falcons. <laughs> Here's just coming from Justin Elwell. Justin, you picked against the Ravens mm-hmm. and Bengals this week. So who in the so Steelers? Who, win, who win the AFC North? That's a hard. That's a really hard. That's a really hard question. Who wins the AFC North at this point? Who wants it? I don't know what team wants it. Who really wants it? That's that's the problem. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if a team that's nine and eight wins wins that division. I think all four teams are in it. Looking at the schedules, the Ravens schedule, looking at the bank, the Bengals schedule, looking at the Browns and the Steelers. I mean, it's 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 up for grabs right now. I I mean, I, I can't really tell you who wins the NFC North right now. Great question by Hector there. Yeah, it is. I don't either. The Ravens schedules down Cincinnati, still the Rams, Steelers at home. But that's tough. Browns, I yeah, it's like I'm like if the Browns get somewhat healthy. Maybe I don't see the Bengals because they still have the Ravens at home, the Chiefs at home, and then at Cleveland. I, I think that's too tough. Steelers, I, I just I don't know. I don't know if the Steelers could pull another one out of the hat here and, and find a way to win the division. I don't know. I don't know what team wants it. I like this division definitely going to be you know. I'm like week 18. Like when those four play that those two matchups, they like it. They that. It could be all up for grabs in that one week, you know. Like I, I think it's going to come down. It's definitely going to come down to week eighteen in those, those two games of who gets. It's probably going to come down to like tiebreakers and all that. Yeah, I have no idea who's going to win that division. I don't. Know. I don't. I don't either. I have, I have no. I have no idea either who's going to win that division. Back to the 49ers and the and the Falcons. I think the Niners run the ball. I think Garoppolo and Kill have a big week. And I think their I think their defense with Nick Bosa gets pressure on Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan makes some plays, but not enough. That's why I got the Falcons going eight and six. No, Falcons, Niners going 8-6, Falcons going to 6-8, six, six and eight, and I got the Niners winning 27-6 to 16. But, Justin, can Matt Ryan lead the Falcons to an upset win? I think it's possible with how bad the Niners have been at home. I know the last two weeks, the last two home games, they've been better. But, like, the Falcons have been good on the road. They're 5-2. and, two, and Matt Ryan put well on the road. He's got 10 touchdowns to 6 interceptions at home. They're 1-5. He's got only 7 touchdowns to 5 interceptions. So, everyone's been better at, at, on the road. Now, again, I, he does not have many weapons to throw the ball to. It's been kind of the problem. You know, they're going to continue to get Cordell Patterson going, you know, Kyle Pitts going. They're going to have to get those two are going to have big day, need big days to kind of help them out in this game. You know, um, so that that's really, you know, they're going to need their defense to make a play too to kind of help them out because their offense right now is kind of just – they just don't have anything around right now for Matt Ryan to be able to, um, you know, just give them much, much – Weapons right now, but um, it's crazy. The Falcons six seven. Their their um margin or their their uh yeah, their score margin this year it's like minus one hundred eight, and they're six and seven, which is insane. So for being a team that's kind of hanging in there, so it's pretty crazy. But I get the Niners find a way to win at home twenty one seventeen. 
Yeah, yeah, you got it closer than me. I just think the Niners are clearly the better team. Matt Ryan's, I, Matt Ryan, I think is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, but I just think the Niners are clearly the better team. Mm-hmm. But we got to get to another to an NFC West matchup with in LA with between the Seahawks and the Rams. And let me tell you something: if Seattle somehow wins this game, they're going to be eight and eight going to the last week because their next two opponents are they got they host the Bears, they host the Bears, they host the Lions. They'll win those two games. So if Seattle wins this game, there's a there's a great chance they're going to be eight and eight going into the last week of the season. I remember at three and eight, we were writing them off and saying Pete Carroll has to go. But in this game, I think this is a, because of the COVID issues the Rams had. They probably they might, they'll probably be without OBJ. They might be without Jalen Ramsey again. I think, I think it's a close, competitive game. I think Stafford and Wilson go back and forth. But I got to go with the better team with the better roster. I'm going to go with the Rams winning this game, 31 to 24. But Justin, can Wilson keep up with Stafford and keep the Seahawks playoff hopes alive? It's gonna be tough. Um... They go on the road, win this game. But, yeah, with all the COVID issues, I could totally see it happening. Um, I have the Rams right now 20-17. to 17. I think it probably could be closer than that with everybody that's on the COVID list right now for the Rams. You know, and I think for Seattle, they got to be able to run the football. They got to be able to, you know, they're 4-1 when they run over for when they have 100 yards rushing, and they're 1-7 with less than 100 yards. So, in the last two weeks, they've really established a running game, and it's taking pressure off of Russell Wilson. Now, I know last week they played the Texans, the Texans are – horrible but still like they were able to get the running game going and i think that's that's going to be a huge key like penny really looked good last week the last two weeks actually so i think it's it's can run the football in this game and you know kind of go play action without ramsey maybe you know dk metcalf tyler lockett can make some big big plays on the field in this one um but i i i kind of i see the Rams doing enough right now with the guys they still have available shut them down enough and I think it's a tough one for Russell Wilson because I, I think he's, you know, if they're not able to run the football, I don't think he's going to have a lot of time to get rid of it, get, you know, be able to throw the football in this game. So I'm going to take the Rams one by two scores now, but I would not be shocked if this game's closer if there's more news about our COVID outbreak for the Rams. We got an NFC South matchup on Sunday night, a team that has had, since Brady's been there, the Saints have definitely had the Bucks number. I mean, they've beaten them three out of the four. They've beaten them three out of the four times they've played with Tom Brady. We got the Saints, who are trying, still trying to make the playoffs, heading down to Tampa to face the uh, to face the Buccaneers. And I think the Saints will keep it close, but the Buccaneers are just a better team. They're just a better team. They just have they're better, pretty much better outside of running back. They're pretty much better across the, across the board than the New Orleans Saints. Now maybe the Saints are better in the secondary with Marshawn Lattimore. Pretty much the Bucks are better across the board, and I think. The Bucks, their defense will get pressure on Simeon, force a turnover. I think Brady will throw a couple touchdown passes. And I got the Bucks winning this one. I got them winning it 27-17. to 17. But, Justin, can the Saints decontain Brady and beat him for the fourth time in five games? I think this is finally the one where Brady gets uh, Sean Payton in this defense here. Uh, I got the Bucks win this one 30-21. Bucks in every home game this year have scored at least 30 points. I definitely see them doing that again this time. You know, Payton's – Again, last time they kind of confused them with some coverages. They forced, you know, a bunch of, you know, three turnovers last time. They're going to have to do something like that again. But I just, with how banged up they are, I just cannot see it happening this time. In Tampa, there's just no way Brady loses one. They're, they're you know, and they may not have Cameron Jordan again because I know he's on the COVID list too. So they lose him as a pass rusher. I, I think, again, it's going to cause more problems to the Saints. I think to make be even tougher for them to win this game. I think, you know, Brady, I think, has a big day in, in this one. Now, they, you know, they may not be able to run the football too much, but I, I think Brady kind of tears it up through the air. I think he's got a big day. Yeah, I, I think Sean Payton this time around is going to have a really tough time stopping him. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll 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 see what we'll see what happens between between these two teams, and uh, and uh, we got our last matchup is the Vikings traveling to uh, to face the Bears, and can Fields uh, uh, can uh, can Fields uh, can Fields can uh, Fields carry the the Vikings to an upset win? No, I mean to the Bears to an upset win. Yeah, it, again, like every game the Vikings play, they come down to the final second, so we may have that play to kind of win them the game, um, but I I. I think the Vikings though, are going to get a lot of pressure on Fields. I got the Vikings win this game, twenty-three to twenty-one. I think it's you know going to be close, like every Viking game is. Um, you know, I thought you know Matt Nagy. Now their special team was great last week for the the Bears. I, but I thought Nagy had a couple of good play calls last week. I think he showed some creativity that usually doesn't. But I think it's going to be a tough game for Fields to kind of do much. I think you know they'll have some success in this game. I could see them you know making a big special teams play in this one. I just, you know, I think scrambling-wise, I just don't know how much time, you know, it's kind of been the story all year for Justin Fields. He just doesn't have a lot of time to be able to really kind of look downfield and get guys open or, you know, guys get get open. And I know they don't have the greatest weapons in the world either, which is part of the problem. It's a mess. I, I see the Bears keeping this game close. I just, I can't, I could see the Vikings lose this game because the Vikings are prone to losing to anybody. I just, I, I have a very hard, tough time seeing the, the Vikings um, lose this one to Chicago. Then last year, too, like the, the Monday night game, the Bears had like 40 yards in the second half. So I'm like, that too. Like, they didn't do anything last year against the Bears. I mean, they're against the Vikings. Um, I, I think they'll have more than 40 yards in this, you know, this time, you know, in the second half. But I think it could be kind of another show for Justin Fields to get any, any rhythm going in this one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I mean, we know what the Vikings, though. It'll be, it'll be a close game. We know that mm-hmm. for sure. But Steph Curry breaks the all-time three-point record. Before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. So, Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes. It's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first-time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I want to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBD Realty is? People over paychecks, do the damn thing. And that's what we do. Attention all basketball fans, CMG Sports presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform. 
All righty, so last night, a huge night at Madison Square Garden as Steph Curry knocked down his, knocked down his 2,097th and 2,974 three-pointer, which broke Ray Allen's record. He had a huge – he got it right in the first quarter. Great scene. Everybody was there. Reggie in the building. You had Ray Allen in the building. And I'm just so happy, even though I'm a Knicks fan, I'm so happy he did it at Madison Square Garden, the, the mecca of basketball. He wasn't going to do it in San Francisco. He was going to do it at the Garden. Really, really an outstanding, outstanding moment for Steph Curry. And uh, and he's one of the top 15 players in the game. The best three-point shooter to, uh, to, to – the best three-point shooter ever. He is – he's been – let's be – I'm not saying he's better than LeBron. So I don't want to get the whole he's better than LeBron James. But I feel like he's transcended the sport more than LeBron because you go out to local gyms. You go outside uh, to, to watch people play basketball. He – has transcended the game. They're all shooting threes now. He cha- he has helped change the game of basketball. It's amazing. He has transcended the sport. I don't think in my lifetime I've seen a basketball player transcend the sport more than Steph Curry. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, Jason took him less than five. And, it shows, and that shows you why that, that he's a much better player. I, I, I don't like. I don't love saying this. I mean, you, I don't think we love saying this. We're UConn fans, but it shows you he's a much better player than Ray. Yeah, but it's a different game, like you know, and that's yeah, and that's where your point of translate. It's a different game. That's what guys do now. That's again, like, can we ever imagine like centers like having the ability now to ever step out and hit threes? Like, like again, everybody's trying to take the half court shot now. It's definitely transcended that everybody wants to be a three point shooter. Everybody wants to pull up the half court and you know hit a three. You know, like Damian Lillard tries to do the same thing. It's just, it, it's crazy, and you know, and. From the little guy that played at Davidson, that together they should have beat Kansas in that Elite Eight and had a very good shot being that Final Four to, you know, shattering this record a lot quicker than Ray Allen did. It, you know, it, it's impressive. And, you know, like, what, like, because even like the in season or for like the most in one year, it was like Allen's was like 294, 297. Curry hit four, you know, 402 in a year. And then Curry has had 27 games where he's li- as, has um, hit at least three uh, – er, Curry's had at least 27 games when he's hit at least 10 three-pointers. And the record before that was JR, who who only did it 10 times. Like, it just – he has definitely transcended the game, and you can see it throughout the league. It's even starting to – you know, even Kyle Tunak, guys are just taking the three. Everybody's a three-point shooter. Like, you know, nobody's – you know, everybody's got to be the three-point shooter now. So, absolutely, he's changed the game, and, you know, he's the greatest shooter of all time. And – Again, he's a guy that's like what six foot, six foot one, and um, it has not affected him, it, you know, um, to this point, and probably won't. So yeah, it's uh, to do in the garden was pretty cool. Yeah, being being at the um, you know best well, well yeah, doing it in New York, doing it in one of the best arenas around. It was a big spot for him. Brown had five games where he attempted fifteen or or fifteen or more threes in his career. Steph has done it eleven times. Wow. So yeah. Jeez. Right so, yeah, he's, he's he attempted 15 or more threes in his career. Steph has done it 11 times. Yeah, I mean, Steph, I mean, we're not comparing Steph Curry to Ray Allen, but I think yeah, it's yeah. obvious Steph Curry's a much better player than Ray Allen. I mean, it's not it's not hating on Ray Allen at all. It's just he's just Steph Curry's just Steph Curry's I mean, he's arguably if he wins a championship this year and he wins another MVP, he's arguably a top 10 player to ever play the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, and I think yeah, with the way he's transcended, yeah, with those, you know, um uh, yeah, with winning another title, winning another MVP. Because I'm like, you know, he's what now, 31, 32? It does, you know, as long as it's injuries, he's not slowing down anytime soon. Like, it, you you know, you get Clay back. I, like, 
you know he's going to put up at least like 25, 30 points a night. You know, it just it's tough to stop him. So, yeah, like, yeah, we're not comparing him to Ray Allen. I love Ray, obviously, being a UConn fan, but yeah, it's, it, Curry is just, he's, he's just different. And he's absolutely changed the game forever. If you you think it's for good or bad, it, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, it, it's unbelievable what he's been able to accomplish. And, you know, the, the Timberwolves wanted, uh, who they take over on? I forgot, you know, like the Timberwolves did not want him. They didn't think he was tall enough to, you know, to be able to, um, you know, be just successful in this league. And then, and then Jay's been a comment. They talked about on the, on the, on the cast in the, in the nineties, five, three pointers a game was the norm. Now it's 30. And, and I think, and, and it's not all Steph Curry that's changed. It. I think that no. the fact you can't hand check anymore, that started to change it. But Steph Curry has made this a three point shooting league. This has made it is he has made this a league where teams average 110 points a game. Now that, that's Steph Curry has made that this kind of league. He's made this a guards game. He's made this a fact that if you, if unless you're a center, if you can't shoot threes, you're not an elite player, and that was, and that, and a big reason for that is Steph Curry. Yeah, no, absolutely, it, it really has. It's kind of, you know, like the back down centers, the 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 Shaq, the, the you know, the Shacks of the world have kind of like and, let, and really, if you, and really, and really now you have, if you're a center, you have to. I mean, Jokic and and B, they can shoot threes. So really, yeah. to be an elite player in basketball now. You got to be able to hit a three-point shot to be a player that you're going to pay forty million dollars a year to. You got to hit a three-point shot because you're never. I feel like nowadays you're never going to be a top. There's no more Kareem's or Shaq's anymore. You're not going to be a top five, top ten NBA player if you can't shoot threes. And I've, I said it. I said it last year. I'm posting up. Jace, 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 Jace knows. I said it last year. The entire the entire season. I'm posting up. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, you know. Man. I like my son, but yeah, you have to, you can't be a backdoor kind of like back down type of paint piece anymore. Like, yeah, they, they don't just, they don't really exist. Like look at Chuck Holgram, you know, Gonzaga too. You know, he's a seven foot point guard, you know, like usually he'd be a center, but he's a point guard. Cause you know, he, he can do it all. He can shoot threes. Yeah. It's like, everybody's a, a, I know you said it for years too. You can't win a championship with your best player being a center. <laughs> You're right about that. Yeah, you, cannot win, you cannot win a NBA championship with your best player being a center. When was the last NBA team? When was the last team to win a championship with their with their best player being a center? And you, it's very very. It's hard to. You're going back years and years. Maybe yeah. Tim Duncan and David Robinson in 1999. That's the last. No, 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 no. Shaq. I'd say Shaq. No, no, you could argue. Well, Kobe, would, yeah, you, could argue, you could argue Giannis is a center, but Giannis yeah, is a guy that can, he's that more can bring forward, the ball. Yeah. He's, he's more forward, he's and he can bring guard. the ball up too. I wouldn't say Giannis is a center. Yeah. It's it's very yeah, it's it's brutal to to win the to win a championship with a center that has that can't handle the ball is impossible today. If that's your best player, if your best player is a center that can't handle the ball, it is impossible to win a championship today. I think the last team to do that was Shaq with, with Shaq and the Lakers. That was the last yeah. team. That was the last team to do that. That was the last team. It's it's a and, guards yeah. league. That's why you pay guards today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and he had Kobe on that team, so it's like you could yeah you'd be back and forth. But yeah, it, it probably Shaq. Ah, with that Laker team, that's probably so. It's just you know, yeah, it does show you. It shows you why these guards like what Curry's making over forty million a year. You know, like again, that's. Damn, I don't know the Golden State's got a big cap, but it's 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 crazy what yeah some of these guards are getting paid now. You know, again, it's like you you have to be able to handle the ball. You got to be able to step out, hit a three. It doesn't matter your height now, your size. You got to be able to kind of do it all. It's 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 position as basketball now, pretty much because 
you know, of two of what Curry's been able to do. Uh, of everything we've been talking of, you kind of got to be well-rounded at, you know, the way you shoot now. It's it's kind of turned into positional basketball nowadays. And, yeah, it's it's just – it's it's impossible. You, you know, Embiid's pretty, you know, decent, you know, shooter. He's not great, but, like, you know – you know, um, yeah, you know, Jokic, obviously, with, with, you know, his ability to be able to bring up the ball and all that, yeah, it's just it, – it's, it's definitely a guard's league, and, you know, there's a ton of great ones. And, again, most, you know, the great ones, too, are just – they're guys that could knock down, you know, seven you – now they could drop, you know, um, like the Damian Lillard's of the world, too. He's another great pure shooter. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's crazy the way – he's been able to kind of how the game has transcended, you know, since he's been in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we got to move on to some of the COVID issues around the NBA and it's crazy. I mean, the, we, we started out with the bulls. They've had two games postponed due to COVID. I mean, the Raptors, I think the Pistons and Raptors that after, I think they got their game got postponed after 10 players tested positive for COVID. Now you have James Harden dealing with it. Giannis knowing COVID protocols. The big question is here. Or are we looking at a, how, how how big of an effect this 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 variant this new variant now? How big of an effect is this going to have on this NBA season right now? It's it's interesting. It's going around every you know we've kind of talked about the NFL too. You know they're having their own issues. The NHL too. Carolina's out. Calgary's kind of down. Um, or they both pulling their games for the next few weeks. I know college basketball. There's Tulane down. Duke was supposed to play Cleveland State, but they're dealing with issues like. You know, Cleveland State just canceled their game with Duke on Saturday. Like, it's going all over the place. And, yeah, with the new variant, with the winter coming out and it's cold and flu season, it's only going to get worse, you, you, you know, unfortunately. And, you know, the, it sounds like with all the problems the Browns have, they're not canceling that game either. Like, it's, you know, you got to kind of – it's a part – it's to the point where it's literally, you know, unfortunately where it's like it's a part of our lives and it's like – We've been dealing with so long, it's not going away, unfortunately, anytime soon. You know, again, like, do they, I like, I don't know if they get to a point if, you know, because they can't, they can, no sport can afford to, like, you know, not have fans again. Like that, you know, a lot of teams lost a ton of money with that. You know, I think as, you know, they kind of get later, you know, but again, that's going to be a while by the time you kind of hit the spring of, you know, March, April, where it, to starts to kind of get you know warmer out towards the end, like it's it's going to be a problem where players you know are going to have to you know again be careful and not really you know you know I know everything's been opened up, but you can't really um you can't you, know, you can't you know go out and go be dumb again. It's it's yeah you know holidays too yeah it's just the, with the travel. That's why I worry about college. Like all the college basketball guys are, you know, going home for Christmas. It's like, can you really risk that too right now? Yeah, I, like, think, I think I think it could get worse. I think it get worse with everyone yeah. traveling for the holidays. I think this thing might end up getting worse before. Yeah. I think that's honestly, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, especially in basketball. Football, it's harder to call games off. You have so many players at basketball. If you have eight or nine guys out, that's it. Game's over. Yeah, Game's absolutely. It is. Yeah. Hockey, the hockey's the same way. Cause you address, I think it's like 18. You can dress like, yeah, you know, hockey, you lose six, seven guys. Yeah, you, know, you, you got to cancel that too. And the NHL's going to be dealing with too. Yeah, like Jason's right. The travel, the holidays, it's only get worse. And we still don't know if this new variant is, you know, if it, you know, if, if the, like the um, vaccine, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the word, but like if, if you're like, if you can, protect, if it's protect, you know, if you can protect against, protect against the vaccines, you know, protect against the new variant. 
you know, we don't know. Like, it, it's there's so many still like, kind of unknowns of this new variant. It's 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 going to get worse. It's only going to get worse before it's going to get better, unfortunately. It's just, you know, I don't think there's any point where we get to where, you know, sports are just absolutely shut down. But, you know, do we get to a point where it's tough to, you know, where we have, like, the seat mandates again and for stands, you know, players, are they going to have to, like, you know, hotel them back, you know, to the practice? I think, you know, Maybe we get to a point like that again. I, it, it's very possible. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we just hope you know these things get better, so we we, we end up stop we end up stop worrying about it. But it just the COVID. It just it's, it's been it's been in our lives for for almost two years, and it's I think it's going to continue to be in our lives for, for for a little bit longer. But we got a big UConn's got a big week. They open up the Big East this week, but, and we got national signing early signing day today. But before that. We got a promo day. We got a promo from Coldcrest Media. It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield tailored treatment system. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise has awarded them an industry-leading consumer rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. Yeah, so big week for UConn in the Big East. They start, you know, Saturday. You'll probably be – are you at the game at XL on Saturday? Well, of course. I cannot wait. This is actually the first – Big East game with fans for UConn. So, first Big East game with fans. They play an old Big East rival, too, with Providence. So, uh, we, you don't – Brian, no Sonogo or Martin, right? In that game? Martin, I think, Martin. is very possible. Sonogo, I have Martin, not heard much Sonogo. this week. I'm Probably not. not Sonogo. I, 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 yeah, I don't think Sonogo is going to play. But without Sonogo, how does this UConn team match up with Providence? You know, uh, Cook and Cook finally looked confident coming off that eight, Achilles injury, which is great. He's 8 for 13 from 3. Physicality wise, could he hold? Can he stay down low with Nate Watson? I think it's going to be the big question because Sanago is going to be that guy that could kind of match down with him physicality wise. A cook we know is not to you know he's not built like Sanago is, and you know can you know will will Watson be able to kind of throw him around in the paint? You know they got to be able to get him in foul trouble. I think that's a big kind of worry for me in this game. Um, for UConn, I think it's it's Nate Watson. Can you corral him and make sure that he does not take over? Uh, because he he's one of the best centers in the entire country, and he can he can um, put a team on his back if he has to. And losing a guy like Sonogo is tough in that spot. But a Cook, a Cook, I, I you know been playing well. I just don't know physically if he can match up with with Watson. It's be a tough matchup for him. Yeah, Watson's gonna be big in that game. So Watson is a big game. I think Providence has a chance to pull an upset. Yeah, absolutely. They they definitely do. Because um, I think in this game too, the way Providence play, Providence they're gonna grind out their te- their tempo this year. It's, it's ranked two ninety three. Like they're gonna play. They want to play this game in the half court. As we know, UConn's horrible in the half court with their offense. So if Providence can keep this game in the low sixties, I think they have a very good chance to win this game. You know, Noah. Um, 
Huckler, you know, the North Florida transfer, he's been playing really well. He's like knocking down 40% of his threes. He's been playing well. And then, you know, he picked up, Cooley picked up a very nice transfer now, Durham out of Indiana. He's averaging 13 points on the year, a couple assists. He's been playing really well. He's been a nice pickoff pick, you know, up, you know, from the transfer portal. You know, he, he's really helped at that point guard spot and he's really solidified it. So, you know, Providence, it's, it's a team that's got, they got a lot of guys back. You know, they, um, they lost David Duke, but that's really about about it, it from that team last year. But a lot of those guys are back, and um, it's even tough matchup. Providence, I thought it was going to be ranked the top twenty-five this week. It's it, they're ninety-one. They beat Texas Tech, um, who beat Virginia, beat them, which I guess now looks like a bad loss. But they they played pretty well this year. They're very good defensively. It, it's going to be tough. Like UConn's going to have to get, you know, um, they're going to have to run in this game to get some easy baskets and some easy looks because it's it's tough to score in Providence in the half court. So we'll go to Tuesday night when they go to Marquette. And what do you expect in this game against Marquette? This one I'm a little worried about as well, just because Marquette likes to press. And as we've seen, the, the, the uh, you know, UConn has no press break. And Jackson has not gotten any better with ball handling. Jordan Hawkins, you know, it, it's great. He's starting to get some confidence going again. He hit a couple big threes. Hurley ran a play for him Saturday, which is nice. But his ball handling needs to be a lot better, like, you know, Cole Gaffney, you know, they need all those guys the way Marquette's, you know, going to press. Um, you know, and, and the Marquette team got off to a really hot start, but it was a lot of young pieces that, you know, you know, Shock has taken over. They're starting to come back down to earth a little bit. They've really been struggling from three. They shot, I think, 24% the other night. They're like nine for 36 against UCLA. And the other night uh, against Kansas State, they, they it was just as bad. I think they shot like 28%. Daryl Marcel has been a nice pickup uh, off, you know, the grad transfer of Maryland. He's been playing well. Justin Lewis, too. He's there. He's up to, like, 15 points a game. He's doubled it from last year. We had seven. He's played really nicely as well. But Tyler Kolek, who got off to a really nice start, the point guard, he's – well, he's technically still freshman, even though he played at George Mason last year. He started out really, you know, hot. He started hitting a lot of shots. But the last couple of games, he's only, he scored, I think, only seven points his last four games. They really need him to get going again. Um, but I, you know, you kind of should be able to win this game. They're a better team than Marquette, but the way you know Marquette presses and all that, it this game fits UConn more because they're tempo wise, they're top fifty in the country. They're going to get up and down, and that's good for UConn. The problem is, I worry about the press, the press in this game. Of you know, can they you know limit the turnovers in this one? That's that's my big concern against the Golden Eagles on a uh, Tuesday night. Should be interesting to see what UConn does in Big East play. We'll be recap. We'll definitely be recapping that next week. But we got to wrap up the show talking about National Signing Day. And UConn has a local kid co- coming in, Victor Rosa. He played quarterback for Bristol Central this year. Look, look at his numbers. He uh, first off, he was the Connecticut Gatorade State Player of the Year. He rushed for two over almost three thousand yards, two thousand seven hundred seven hundred and twenty eight yards, and forty one touchdowns. Those are monster, monster numbers right there. He's going to play running back at UConn. How big of an impact do you think – I know you played high school football in Connecticut, but how big of an impact do you think – because we've seen some high school football. We saw uh, Kerr Newsom was dominant in Connecticut. He wasn't as – he was okay at UConn. But how dominant do you think Victor Rose is going to be? And this is a Etzel recruit because he was committed to, to UConn. Yeah, um, I, I think it's good, you know, for for more to kind of – he wants to really, you know, get a handle of these in-state recruits now. You know, and Benny Rose is a big one. Yeah, it sounds like running back. It sounds like they, they, he's going to play running back and slot receiver, too. According to what Moore said this morning in his press conference, it sounds like he's going to play both positions. Um, I know they're, they, you know, 
both, both positions need the help. So I, I think it's I think it's big that they got him. You know, he he got an offer from Boston College. He got a bunch. He got an offer from all the military academies, Army, Navy, Air Force, and a couple of Ivy League schools too. So he's a three star. I know he visited Florida, but they never ended up offering him. But it's a big get. Just you know, trying to keep guys in the state of Connecticut, trying to kind of build that relationship. He's doing a good job so far building those relationships. I feel like in Connecticut, he's been tapping the Loomis Chafee line, um, which is good. Like. I think it's big to be able to keep him because, you know, for a while, even like during the summer, it sounded like he was going to be a Boston College lead. Randy was able to kind of get him. I was actually the game against Long Island because we're like behind our seats at Gamble. We're like the second to last row above the UConn bench. So Moore was recruiting Rosa the entire game. Oh, um, really? You, you, so, you could oh, see yeah. him talking to Rosa? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I usually see all the recruits, you know, all the basketball recruits that come by, they go right down. I go, they go right past, right past our row. So, I usually have a good eye of who's kind of there or not. But, um, yeah, so I, I think it's a big get. He's able to keep him. He's a three-star kid. He had a monster year for Bristol Central. It, it's great to kind of keep him, ha- you know, have him hang around. And I think, you know, maybe not next year he won't have an impact because depending, I don't know what the running back wide receiver room is going to look like. But cause it sounds like they're going to get a lot of tr- mostly transfers, I think, out of the portal. So, We'll see how much he gets, you know, next year. But it's a great, it's a great kind of, um, it's a great get here for for more to kind of keep this guy home, and uh, and then the other big guy for said, you know, Donovan, um, Clanch too, like they're best friends. So I oh, think really, Donovan really close, so. Oh yeah. Oh, so it probably helps. He probably helped yeah. him recruit him to UConn. So that's that's nice. That's yep. nice. I wonder if they're gonna be roommates. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if the I don't know if they I don't know if they like separate the, the teams. I don't know. In fact, I yeah. bet they'll try though, because he he was yeah, we'll Donovan see. was there that night as well. Well, actually, Donovan was there at every game this year, so um, yeah. he was there helping. He was there helping to uh, more talking him to make sure he's gotcha. safe. Got it, got it, got it. So we got a but we we'll wrap up. We got a big big uh, story nationally in recruiting, and that is uh, that's uh, Travis Hunter, cornerback. He he. He was committed to play at Florida State for Mike Norvell, but now he flipped and he's going to play for Deion Standard at Jackson State. And this is big. And the big question is, is is this bigger for FCS football that you could have a player of this caliber want to play in the FCS? Or is this or is this bigger for Deion Sanders, who is, is looking to get it, probably looking to get a job in the, F, in, in the FBS? I think it's a little bit of both. I think, you know, FCS-wise, now what I've been reading – it sounds like because Deion Sanders is with Barstool. He's got like a contract Barstool. It sounds like Barstool gave um, Hunter over a million dollars. So I think, you know, that and I, if he went to Jackson State, they, you know, so yet again, the NIA, NIA, NIL deal. So I guess, you know, for FCS football, like if you do get like a big donor that's going to spend for your school and you could get a guy here and, Give them, you know, whatever, you know, a million dollars or whatever, because there's, there's no sanctions on on this stuff. Like I, again, you could probably pay a recruit ten million. I think if, if you wanted to, I don't. That's not against the rules. Like you can pay a recruit whatever you want now, as long as it's not coming out of the coach's paycheck. It's you could, you know, the NCAA did not sanction this at all. So I think for Dion, yes, I, you know, I know this is on matter, so maybe he, maybe he's content with what being here. But I know he wanted the Florida State job. So now. I, he may have just burned the bridge with Florida State after this because he's the number one player in the entire country. He was he's supposed to be and, and, his um 
His player comparison of what I've read on the recruiting site to Charles Woodson. So, wow, wow. And the know. funny thing is, Dion played at Florida State. Yeah, so yeah, that's why I was like, oh, he kind of whiffed on it. He burnt the bridge. I mean, guarantee Florida State fans were not happy um, about this. But yeah, I think it's big. I think too for you know, HBCU school too. I think for him, I I, I bet played some part of it. The play for Deion Sanders, and again, I, I do think it's the NIL deal. Like I, I think that's that's going to become such a big factor and. You know, I wish the NCAA sanctioned it, you know, but it is what it is. And I think, yeah, it's going to continue to play a big part in recruiting and, you know, for, for some of these schools. So I, I could see it for FCS. I don't know how many big donors really FCS are really going to pay to try to steal some of these top guys, but you never know, you know, you never know. You never know how somebody, how desperate somebody is to try to get to, try to win nowadays especially in college sports because with all the coaching carousel and all this it's it's never been wackier college football so you know who, who knows in the future but i think for both sides it's i think it's both sides kind of wanted you know more here i do think at one point Deion sanders probably does want to i know he wanted that florida state job but i i bet somebody else will come because again if he can get deals if he can get deals from barstool to come get guys playing i you know you'd be crazy not to try to, you know, you know, come in and talk to him and, and kind of figure out that a deal. I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't really call in the next few years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 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 So that's going to wrap it up this week on sports talk with RJ for our producer, Jace Garcia did a great job for Justin Nafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week, previewing week 16, uh, previewing the NBA on Christmas day and pre and recapping the first week of UConn playing in the big and e- playing in big East play. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is of his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in on the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach in college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group, and here at CMG we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men, and great true crime shows like Sticky Meat, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.